Hey, real quick, if you're a return listener and you love low-value mail as much as I love doing it, please just do me a solid, leave a rating, leave a review. It really does help. All right, on to the show. What's up, Queens? How are we all doing on this lovely Monday evening? I am sick. You can hear it in my voice. I'm sick. I'm sick of not checking in on the Queens. Um, I hope they're doing well, even though the episode that we're listening to aired almost a year. We're a year behind. Isn't that devastating news for everybody who's joined me on this journey? By the way, uh, just post this. 100 likes on the stream, and we'll... uh, We'll give away a channel membership. I got some uh, some fun things planned, actually. Um, I'm really hoping I don't forget, because that would be pretty lame. But uh, I made, like, credits. So if people know from Low Value Mail, I'm sure you do. Chad, uh, badass Chad, he uh, sent me a song that I think is sung, either is out or it's coming out. And then I made some credits. So everybody who supports the show will be in the credits. Um Someone, El Jumbotron, or says, I already vote to skip this episode. So the title's up on the screen, this episode. And I'm fine with skipping because we got a lot of, lot of catch-up to do. Um, but the title for this episode is How to Level Up Your Pick Me Friends Plus Hair of the Dog. I don't know. I know the hair of the dog is like a drinking reference. Uh, but I'm not sure. So, anyways, we'll get into that. Uh, if you want to support the show, join or like, you know, whatever you want. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash low value mail. Uh, I was just working on a sweet new intro for the bathhouse, actually. It's going to be like an old school phone sex commercial. Uh, I was hoping to have it done so I could show you guys, but it's not. So, I can't. But... Uh, Rabbit Cities. Why does Tim Cast keep overlapping with Danny's show? Well, this is, I mean, he just has it every night. It's hard to not overlap with him. But again, sorry, I sound like shit. Uh, but let's just get to it because we, we just, we don't have time. We don't have time for this, for just me rambling on. We've, especially because I got my strike. So then, because I'm trying to do. Uh, female dating strategy on like Sundays or Mondays I feel like that's a good one But then I got the strike and so I missed the whole week So I don't think I've done one in like almost two weeks Alright No more talking Let's just get to it Let's everybody just Sorry let's go Maybe we can skip it uh, That's the best case scenario It's a skip right Right Alright Show. For today's Roast to We have a message from Jennifer Alright we got a Roast to Scroat By the way I skipped past her like little They have a discord now I did. I, I was, you know, setting the audio levels and stuff, and so the one thing that we miss is they have a Discord now. I'd gone into the big city in my area to meet up with a guy I'd seen a few times. We were having a nice date, despite the fact that he was hungover from celebrating his 40th birthday and his friends the night before. Side note: I was 33 at the time, so for age gap context. He took me to a sushi restaurant, and afterwards we popped into a cute little bookshop, and he told me to pick anything I wanted, which I absolutely did. I felt like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, and that would make him dot 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 question mark crying laugh emoji. <laughs> think the beast right yeah okay, I, was, I was gonna mm. say if you're feeling like Belle from Beating the Beast we had this discussion before on another episode but Belle's the biggest pick me and her relationship is an abusive one so this does not bode well if you feel like Belle from- oh yeah I think we skipped the episode where they said that Beauty of the Beast was abusive 
<laughs> we went to a nice bar and had a couple of drinks and talked. It was a great time until it was time to leave the bar. As we were leaving, he ordered a double shot of whiskey and downed it. We left the bar. We were walking back to his place chatting, and he told me to keep walking, and he'd catch up in a second. I was very confused. I'm having a spidey sense. Please tell me he had to stop to take a shit behind a dumpster. Public shit on a first day. You go, hey, sorry, I gotta go. Tingling, is this going to be another whiskey dick story? It's always the whiskey. I'm really worried something bad's going to happen. So okay. he says... When he, he, when he told me to keep walking and he'd catch up in a second, I was very confused. What? I said, keep going. I'll catch up, he replied. So, although confused, I was a little worried because it was dark and I was in the city. I kept walking just a bit slower when I heard a splat. <laughs> what? Yeah. I stopped, turned to look, and he was throwing up into the street. Ah, not far off. I mean, it's tough. If you got to throw up, you got to throw up. It's You got to do it dignified, you know? I actually let out a sigh of relief because I was like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> I thought she was going to like, get mugged or something bad was going to happen to her because, he, you know, she was walking alone at night. But, yeah. Um, she says, I was shocked, stunned, and just so disappointed. He then caught up with me, and since the night was obviously over, he got me an Uber to get home once we got back to his place a few minutes later. And yes, that was the last time I saw him. I don't know why, guys. That wasn't that bad. What, so he had a little too much to drink? I think it's cute to get sloppy drunk like that. Oh, we want yeah. to like, You don't game, want to kiss huh? him all in the mouth after he's been puking his guts into the street. So Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, that goes for anybody. I <laughs> just like gag because that's such a gross mental image. Yeah, I don't even know. How how can we roast this girl other than the fact that he can't even hold his whiskey? Like, what the fuck? So he's already hungover, so he, he's drinking him. some more. Hair of the dog? Uh, what's it called? Have you not, do you know that phrase, hair of the dog? No. It's like when you're hungover, and so you drink more alcohol to cure your hangover. That sounds like what he tried to do, but does that work? I'm just Googled the phrase, actually. So, hair of the dog, which is short for hair of the dog that bit you, is a colloquial expression in the English language predominantly used to refer to alcohol that's consumed with the aim of lessening the effects of the hangover. It's apparently the oh, idea that... Oh, this is really that, exciting um, stuff. I'm learning so much People used to think that you could treat rabies by dating. putting hair from the dog that bit you in the bite wound. Oh. And the fact that that is, like, that is not true. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true at all. That's, that's not factually correct at all. Yeah. That makes me think that the hangover cure is probably also not true, but... That's what alcoholics say to justify being a fucking alcoholic and like needing alcohol to feel like a normal person. They're like, oh, I'm just hungover. It's just a, just a little hair of the dog. <laughs> I wouldn't be going on with this guy either if he's sloppy, drunk, and puking on shit. It's just. Yeah, guys yeah, would never over. do that with a yeah. chick. So, yeah. All right. Thank you for that, Roasted Scrote, Jennifer. Thank you. Um, if you'd like to submit your very own Roasted Scrote, now, if she Patreon did go home with him, patreon.com forward slash female dating strategy, you can also. Like, do we think he could consent at that point? Could he give consent? Like, if, like, imagine she goes, yeah, I puked, and then it was a sloppy mess, but then we went and banged. Like, would we recoil, like, if it was the other way around? Like, if he goes, yeah, she puked, and then you go, whoa. Whoa, don't Listen admit that on a podcast. Content, and uh, join our Discord and chat with us, suggest some topics. Again, patreon.com. If anybody wants to take one for the team and join the Discord, we'll greatly appreciate your service. All right. Thanks, strategy. Let's start the show. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And I'm Savannah. And this is Lilith. But today we're going to talk about this phenomenon that we've seen and that I've personally experienced where a lot of women who become active in FDS have been asking us, you know, how do we, a lot of our friends often before we find FDS or pick so, you know, how do we level up our friend group, essentially? Before we started recording, I realized that me, Ro, and Savannah have very different strategies for how we level up our friend group. So... I am the sort of person I have a really hard time letting go of friends that I've been friends with for a long time. So um, personally, I like to. So this episode is breaking I take up the with persuasion friends? tactic. So a lot of my friends, oh. I will try to communicate with them in the way, or sort of you know communicate FDS messages in a sort of maybe more covert way 
and help them in their level up journey. And a lot of the times, uh, <laughs> convincing a lot of my friends to break up with their shitty boyfriends along the way. So I like to work with what I've got. So the discussion we had before was how much to invest in leveling up your existing friend group versus when to just cut your losses. Mm. Because I was- Wow, it's pretty fucked up just the way they're so just referring to their friend group. Describing like pretty much like most of my teens and my early 20s were like, all of the most toxic situations I was in was ironically not because of men, not because of a boyfriend I was with. And it's interesting because I think people would assume that because we, we we drag men day in and day out that I must have had like a really horrible relationship history. But like, honestly, the most dangerous, most toxic situations that I've been in have been because of being dragged in a drama with pick me friends. And so yeah, so what can we do to level up our pick me friends? If you, you know, if you have friends that you feel like are genuinely struggling? And uh, when do you cut your losses? <laughs> struggling at being a pick me? And then once you cut your losses, how do you find a new friend group? Because that's the other, that's the other piece of the puzzle. Yeah, it's hard to make friends, right? So I mean, I do make friends, I do have made new friends since finding FDS. And that's the great thing about FDS is just by simply embodying that queen energy i find other base queens they're just drawn to you base queens so you find a way you just find each other in public i i met a woman uh, last week actually this exact way but um that's, that's a whole other story um do tell but yeah what about what about you savannah what was your friend situation like before and after fds it's pretty much stayed the same actually i like to keep my friendship circle quite small so i'm quite introverted i don't really like speaking to people generally um so <laughs> i just keep my circle quite small um and you know i'm trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who when i came across it i thought it was really mean harsh and quite dramatic um i'm i'm quite sympathetic when um some of my friends are slow to absorb the information but to be fair like majority of my friends are quite based anyway in that you know, they're all working really good jobs. They they do have relationships, but they leave them quite quickly. Um, so I've not really had like a pick me hellscape for um, like for a friendship group. I've not. I mean, some friends I've been like, you know, your boyfriend's a bit shit. But I mean, I think in those situations, and again, you know, going back to my days of being with shit men, is that a lot of you know women will have that awakening on their own. Um, there isn't anything I can say to them. I would love. I would just love to meet some of these chicks' exes. How good would that be? It will make them think I'm going to dump him tomorrow, sort of thing. Um, so I found that just being supportive really helps. And obviously drip-feeding FDS as well. Um, but ultimately, they will leave when they're ready to leave. So I think this topic came up when someone in our Patreon Discord chat asked, um, you know, how do I talk to a friend and support her and try to convince her to leave a shitty or even predatory or even abusive man and i obviously gleefully rubbed my palms together and responded immediately because <laughs> i love that i live for this shit i <laughs> maybe this makes me a bad person but i really enjoy uh, i mean if someone's legitimately being abused then no i don't think that makes you a bad person uh, convincing my female friends to break up with shitty men i'm i'm a homewrecker <laughs> proud of it i'm a homewrecker and i'm proud of it <laughs> as you should as you should i mean some homes deserve to be wrecked some houses should be destroyed so yeah own it it was oh, i'm surprised she didn't laugh at her already joke, wrecked right? i feel like you're just picking the woman out of the rubble right that's true that's Sure. Yeah. I mean, if she's coming to me to talk, okay, here's the thing. A lot of women will come to me to talk about their shitty relationship. And we all know this, right? Like your friend comes to talk to you about their shitty relationship and she just wants to like vent or like complain. And then that's just a sort of like, you know, let go of some pressure so that she can like go back to him and, yeah, I don't do that shit. Okay, so when my friend when my friends come to talk to me about their shitty relationship, that's when I'm in um like reconnaissance, like information gathering mode. So. I'll listen sympathetically. I'll be like, yeah, that's terrible, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, she'll go back to her boyfriend. And meanwhile, I'm in planning mode, okay? So uh, 
Again, diabolical. So I, I, I replied to this person in Discord with my four-part strategy about what I do when a woman that I know or that I'm friends with um, is with a shitty man and you want them to break up. So number one is a shitty man will often try to isolate a woman from her friend group. So whatever you do, don't let her isolate herself. You know, stay stay friends with her. And I know for some women, this might be hard, especially if, you know, you have to put a lot of emotional labor into it. So this Ooh, might not be for everyone. I haven't heard but, emotional labor in a while. I live for this shit, so I enjoy the process. I love emotional labor. It's perfectly okay also, though, to set bound emotional boundaries whilst not excluding somebody. So it's perfectly okay to say, you know, let's go out and, you know, let's go and have fun um, and just not talk about the relationship if you don't want to as well. You don't have to be an emotional punching bag for your friend's issues especially if it's a recurring issue i'm not saying like you know leave your friend high and dry um but for you this episode is like really friend dating you, strategy you know for your own mental health and for your own sanity it's also okay to set boundaries on the amounts of complaints you absorb yeah and let me reiterate that because sometimes your friends and this is again this is what's happened to me is in the pursuit of trying to stay connected with your friend they can put you in messed up dangerous situations right like i had a friend <laughs> yeah i had a friend who was dating uh, a guy who like a drug dealer at one point oh my gosh um, oh my gosh just, uh, yeah this is in high school and <gasps> oh my gosh oh my gosh he was older than us yeah he was older than us he had graduated he was maybe like in his early 20s 21 right what what's he doing with high school kids well he's a fucking loser right <laughs> when i was in high school i did a guy like this so yeah i mean <laughs> oh my gosh, well, he was yeah, recently in high school that's what i was saying like i had pick me friends who they were like, oh, I want to hang out with the older guys. Like, older guys are so cool. So he has his own, like, apartment and everything. Yeah, And, yeah. Um, and they buy me, they can buy you McDonald's and fucking chicken wings and shit. <laughs> yeah, they have a car and everything. So that can be impressive. Wow, yeah, yeah, he's so grown up. Yeah, that's impressive when you're 15, 16 years old. So I had been in a couple of situations where there is, like, I was underage and there was just, like, a ton of drugs. And I'm not talking weed, like, hard shit, right? And, uh... Oh, my gosh. It could have... Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That's why I waited to tell the story till we were on air. Uh, there's, and there's even more, so... I've had even more situations like this and I'm thinking about it, but I've been in situations like that where a friend in pursuit of her boyfriend and because i didn't want to like leave her i went with her and then end up in a situation like that which realistically i mean i was underage so maybe i wouldn't have been like put in jail over a drug bust or anything like that but it's like it was a situation where it obviously wasn't like safe for underage girls to be there because it's like him and all his like super duper massively low value negative value Ooh. early 20s <laughs> negative value friends versus us as like high schoolers right mm. um and early high schoolers this is like freshman sophomore years this is not even like junior senior year where we were like so you're like 13 years old 14 years old well no we're like more like 15 14 15 oh my gosh oh, yeah, oh I my god I, mean, I went with um i went with her because she didn't want to go by herself oh my so I gosh. Went. a friend of mine ended up having sex with a couple of those guys in that friendship circle and then they like called our types of names and then like there were some oh kind of, there were some potential consent issues because she was passed out saying friends with pick me's is like you gotta set boundaries because some of them are extra like they're so thirsty for dick they'll put you they'll put everybody in really dangerous situations because they don't see the potential What's like harm the male just, equivalent they're so desperate to be liked by these guys right even their like low value boyfriend that they don't see the collateral damage that they're causing themselves and then everyone around them yeah drawing boundaries is really important and then it's up to you the individual listener to decide what those boundaries should be based on your risk assessment of this person like so my friends have never are teenagers really doing risk assessments by the way come on let's get those likes me into up, dangerous situations with men a sex and drug den yeah <laughs> yeah they've never dragged me into a sex and drug den before you can even drive yet <laughs> yeah so i'm like i'm just listening to that story horrified like yeah sorry i can't relate um but like probably the most dangerous thing my friends have ever done to me was like drag me into like camping or like outdoor situations so like w most likely dangerous thing was like us getting fucked up by like a bear or like a puma or something so um 
So not dangerous. Uh, I mean, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> different environment. I don't know. Um, yeah. So my the other th that's the other thing to remember is like you got to decide. Oh my gosh! Is this friend actually worth it? Like, is this friend a good enough friend that you want to keep her around? Like, is she worth? Is her soul worth saving? Basically. I mean, but she was such a cool friend. Otherwise, that she just had these like crazy pick me tendencies. That was the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like risk versus reward. High risk versus a reward. Right. So and sometimes and sometimes by like, the way, it's slow and gradual. Right. Because she wasn't always like that. Like we were we were child. I really wonder. She goes. She has all these pick me tendencies. I would love to be like. And so. What's she up to now? I could be wrong. Maybe we're gonna about to find out, and I'll be eating my words. But it just will be one of those funny, funny things where, you're like, what's she up to now? She's like, oh, she's married and she has four kids and has a very happy life. You know, right. good friends. And then as we got to be teenagers, she just kind of went off the rails a little bit. Right. Okay. So sometimes that transitory she period, you're starting to see who your friends are growing into. Yeah. 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 When I was a teenager, I was the dangerous person that. <laughs> so I was the I was that person when I was a teenager. Like I mean. Yeah, you were. Lilith. I don't know. We we grew up in like a suburban area. It's like the worst thing we'd ever do was like go in the wilderness in the middle of the night to like drink and like do drugs, and then we'd like be like the next day here of like a cougar reporting in the area and like oh fuck like we totally could have gotten mauled by a mountain lion. Uh, you know but yeah that's like a good old canadian bush party but again yeah it is of, <laughs> different types of activities um what was i gonna say oh yeah so you have to decide if that person is worth it um some women are more actively dangerous than others and i like my friend i don't know we're my friends they're pretty like low risk and i think they're high reward so i think they're worth yeah. investing in yeah but, fair enough. yeah so that's up to you as the individual to decide how much effort you want to put into it is the person worth that kind of effort and and so on right but in general i really live for you know, making friends with women against and like allying ourselves against shitty men. Again, I genuinely enjoy the process. So if that's not a process that you enjoy, then this might not be worth it to you. But if you enjoy the process, then stay along for the ride. Um, yeah, so that's point one is a, a shitty men and abusers will often try to isolate his uh, target. So that's why if I think that my friends are in a shitty relationship or I'm seeing red flags of emotional abuse and so on, I will put an extra effort into staying friends with her because even if she's doing shit that pisses me off um, or, you know, she's bringing her low value boyfriend around and it annoys me. Um, I still, and this is the other thing is like a lot of shitty men will act annoying in like social gatherings so that you think oh like i don't want to by the way jeff says a simp is a male pick me i think that's right i can hang out with like bell and her scrot boyfriend josh or whatever mm -hmm. right so um, josh for example josh. will act shitty in social gatherings because he wants to piss people off i mean i don't know for sure if this is what he's doing but this is the effect it's having it's pissing people off and being like oh don't invite bell to things because she's gonna bring her shitty boyfriend and you know we don't want that we don't want the vibe to be killed so don't invite her to shit right so i i don't know you might have to like take her to the side and be like girl like I love you, you know, I love spending time with you, but, like, your boyfriend kind of is gross. Like, can you not bring him to the next camping trip? Boyfriend's you know, a please. Like, let's make it a girl's Ouch. hike or just a girl's camping trip, that kind of thing, right? So, yeah, that, that's, that's going to be up to you to decide what you want to do. So, number two, though, number two strategy is with my friends, I talk shit about men in general, and I focus on traits that her boyfriend has, but, <laughs> but I don't attack... Here's the, here's the strategy, is I never attack her boyfriend directly i might mm, say like oh you yeah know, i don't like his vibe or i don't like him or whatever but i'll never be like you shouldn't put up with this because your boyfriend is this 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 or because here's the thing when you criticize a woman's man specifically she sees that as a reflection or as a criticism of her and her judgment Obviously. and she'll come up and she won't be receptive to it or she'll get defensive as well that's that's what i've seen as well and this is why when the first time a friend comes to me to vent about her shitty boyfriend i listen carefully i ask questions get as much information as possible because I'm not the sort of person to just like listen to a girl talk about her shitty boyfriend and then go home to him like over and over and over again. I'll let her have one, con I'll give her one freebie, one one free therapy session where I listen patiently. And um, then she's roasting that, that screw. I start to go into, um, I'll like, I'll start to bring up the shitty things that men have done to me in the past and talk about shit, like shitty men in general, focusing on traits that her boyfriend has, 
but I, I won't be like, oh, yeah, because Josh does this, um, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, right? Like, so yeah. she, she'll make a link in her brain that this is something that her boyfriend does and that it's bad mm -hmm. and that other people think that that behavior is bad, but she won't feel attacked. So I'm going to do a counter to this. Um, okay. When I've done that, uh, a lot of times they just think you're a stuck up bitch and you're not down, especially if she already is like desperate for the approval for that of, the, of that guy or his friend group. They'll basically be like, because men triangulate in this way too. They'll be like, oh, your friend's not cool, right? Or your friend is whatever, stuck up, or your friend is this or that. Um, again how dare you talk about savannah that way again it's it's really tough because i feel like definitely okay when you're having these conversations definitely not have it in earshot of men of the throat yeah <laughs> i've done that before i've just been straight up i had i had a, a situation like where i where a guy was trying to get me to do some sexual shit because my pick me ass friend was doing it and i said something along the lines of no i have dignity and self-respect <laughs> which i i didn't even mean as like a, a, a it was kind of shade to her but it wasn't like it wasn't on like purpose to be shade by her but i was more or less like no bitch i'm not doing it. i'm not like I, this isn't a monkey see monkey do and this isn't some kind of like clown show where i perform for you right so uh not bitch. yeah yeah you know, i'm not even getting paid for this shit like if i was gonna strip in front of you or like try to twerk on you or some shit like it should be like where's your you know i should be at least getting paid for that and so yeah, my friend heard that and obviously her feelings were hurt. And the thing is, I just blurted it out because I wasn't really thinking, but I was kind of like, fuck this guy. I'm not like, yeah, I'm not your monkey, right? So the backfired on that is yes, if you do it in front of guys, then she'll feel attacked or embarrassed and then they'll tri triangulate and then try to make it seem like, oh, your friend isn't shit, right? Or your, your girlfriend isn't cool and why'd you bring her, et cetera, et cetera, right? Boys, take notes. Yeah, but it goes without saying, only do this when you're only in the company of other women, right? So me and my friends sometimes will get together just women and you know, you know how women already love to complain about I don't know. In my group, you know how women like to complain about stuff. Please, we love to complain. Women be complaining. Complain about men. It's like this cathartic thing that we need to do every now and then, where we just talk shit about men. There's like even a song about it. Rachel Bloom has like, "Let's generalize about men. Let's generalize <laughs> about men." It's like it's like a some kind of primal ritual we need now and then. Is the the lyrics right? So, but okay. So even even when I've had conversations with pickmies away from men, here's the thing: either they don't respond, or either they try to find something else to throw back in your face, or Third option, they are in denial about it, right? Yes, they'll yes. try to they'll, re, they'll try to rewrite the narrative where they're really in control the whole time. Well, sometimes what they'll do is they'll agree with you, but they have that cognitive dissonance where, um, let's say, if they see, because um, I've been in situations where we'll discuss like an abusive case on the news, and she's like, you know, my friend or or the friendship was like, yeah, this is terrible, but they're you know they're with men who are doing the same thing to them. So like cognitive dissonance is also a massive, can be a massive barrier to that as well. So I had to convince a friend not to go to a party with a celebrity that is a well-known sex offender, a well-known sex offender. Bill Cosby. And uh, I brought this up to her because not only did I actually personally know of women who he tried to prey on, not only did I personally know of women he tried to prey on, uh, a lot of other guys even said that this guy's dangerous, this guy's not shit, because at this point he had a really, really, really big uh, rep for being a sexual predator. So when I talked to my friend about this, she's like, we got tickets to go to this uh, celebrity's party. Um, and I was like, well, I don't think it's safe for us to go there. And I, I had to tell her, like, I, I don't I don't think this person's a big enough of a deal for us to go expose ourselves to this environment. Because it was like, it was one of those things where it was like a New Year's party or like a special event party. And it was like, uh, they were like exclusive tickets to hang out with this particular celebrity. And I was like, I don't feel like we're going to go there and it's going to be good for us. <laughs> right? Kelly. So, um, mm -hmm. and she kept saying, I'm like, you, you heard about this person and both um, both through the grave time but also some things that had been in the news about the celebrity and she was like yeah but yeah but i still want to go like just to go and stunt and take pictures and stunt on facebook or whatever um this person was willing to like really put us all in the company of a known sexual predator damn your your friends suck i'm sorry <laughs>
Yeah, I think you're talking about a level of friend that is <laughs> that just is way more great. toxic than yeah. the sort of people I've danced with. Yeah, so. I think so. <laughs> That's why I'm saying. I, I think it's a good, important conversation because when we talk about pickneys, sometimes people are like, you're being too hard on pickneys. You guys, like, they're all victims. And I'm like, no, they're not. We have different ideas about, like, okay, there's there's <laughs> two different types of pickneys. Like, there's the ones that are either, like, actively antagonistic towards women or just don't really care about women's safety and are just super easily digmatized and really hardcore male-identified. Yeah. Those are the ones that I consider much more dangerous. And those are the ones i i avoid like i just i don't be friends with those ones in the you know to start with because again like i was raised by narcissists so i just get really triggered by narcissistic people or people i consider a potential threat so those people just like sort of trigger me so i kind of avoid those people um but the people that the the pygmies that i'm talking about are the ones that are generally like pretty well-meaning but have uh you know their hearts in the right place but they've just grown up in a patriarchal culture that tells them to prioritize. I want to know what the and, status of these pick and are. you know they're just really desperate for approval. Um, but they still like like women generally, or you know want to be friends with women and wouldn't want their friends to be in danger, kind of thing. You know, so I just I just want to make sure we talk about both sides of this coin because yeah. I feel like I I don't know if friendship trauma gets talked about a lot. Some of these things that happen because of me following my pick me friends like legit traumatize me. I think there's also a middle ground as well. I think, you know, like you said, um, like Lilith, when you were talking about the types of pygmies, there are also some in the middle who are perhaps a bit more receptive and a bit... Um, Undecided voters? A pick-mies? bit more benign than the pygmies that Rose talking about, but they can also do some stupid and dangerous shit as well. So yeah. I just think you just have to... Um, I think for me also finding FDS was also really, really useful because it also gave me the tools to not only vet you know, men, but also my friends as well, vetting and assessing them. And then that would determine the amount of effort I'm willing to put in to be their emotional support. The only caveat I would have is that I, maybe this is a flaw in me, but I generally give women an easier time than men. With men, I I, I do not hesitate to walk away at the first sign of disrespect because I know that men in general are much more capable of destruction, at least in my personal experience. Shout um, out to the boys. Men to have a much greater ability to be destructive than women. Yeah, we do. With women... I mean, yeah, like now that I'm talking to Ro, I'm realizing, yeah. like, yeah, women can be pretty fucking destructive too. Usually over approval from men. Like it's almost always that. And so I specifically talk about when I when I think of a pick me, these are the women that I'm thinking of, right? And I'm thinking of the women that like we made fun of in our bonus content that would like actually hook you up with a prisoner. Yeah, yeah. The type of women that would drag you to go see their boyfriend in prison. But I've had friends that have really been so desperate for approval or like they just want to be a hot girl. They want to be a hot girl. They want to be part of the in-group. They want to feel like they're like messed don't we all? Same with all the most popular guys. They're kind of like the call her daddy girls, right? In some respects. Like, yeah. Whoa. It's all, it's all, a lot of it's for show. It's like you want to hang out with this athlete, this celebrity, uh, or even if you don't have like athletes and celebrities, just like even local scrotes, meaning if you're underage, <laughs> having a much older, cooler boyfriend with a car or um, cool being relative. Shout out to all the local or, like, scrotes. My boyfriend has this, this, and this, and this, and this. And um, because they don't vet these guys or they're just so attracted to the clout, then their friends become like a collateral damage in their quest for uh, popularity or attention. And also uh, they're sometimes they're the first ones to throw you under the bus. Yeah, for like Alex approved. Cooper. Sometimes they're so narcissistic or so sociopathic. They do not hesitate there to throw their friend under the bus just for fame or attention from men. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even close to worth it. It's just like a dangle of a sprinkle of attention from men. Like a breadcrumb. Yeah. And yeah. you're just like, wow. So you're just going to stab me in the front, huh? Like over something stupid. Yeah, so I guess you're going to have to decide for yourself of that friend, because those kinds of friends sound like just people you... Yeah, that's the sort of friend you just want to cut off, because they're just too toxic to... Like, any any time you spend around them is just going to contaminate you, so or just going to make your life worse. So, yeah, I, I'm talking more about, like, pick-me friends that are 
relatively harmless um the reason why you hang out with these girls though is because like parties tend to be lit when they do have good parties yeah that's yeah they're fun yeah Yeah. (laughs) but um they're just they're just attracting too many local scrotes in your area yeah so but just to summarize point two i find like talking shit about men in general traits that her boyfriend has but not attacking her boyfriend specifically to avoid getting her defensive but it's also about delivery too so i i deliver it in like a haha funny relatable kind of way not like a you know, I, I try not to sound too like angry or too like polarizing or too divisive or whatever. It's you got to work on your delivery, or at least like I don't know, the delivery matters. So I when I oh, do it, please start doing stand up. Please start doing stand up in like a haha funny relatable way. People are more receptive to that message. Um, but yeah, and then and then like to deal with the women who are who would maybe oh. get defensive about that anyways. That's why I employ Chat strategy number three, screen. which is to just gas her up. I you know with with my friends like my goal is that by the end of the night that they leave feeling amazing about themselves um you know i i I gas my friends up i tell them you know you're beautiful smart funny you're a good person this it's very important to be honest about your compliments with other women though i never lie to my female friends i just describe them accurately and i think the value in this is that often with a shitty man a lot of the times he will like nag her he'll put her down he'll try to make her feel like shit about herself and a lot of the reasons why women stay with shitty men is because they don't think they deserve any better right and so the point of this is to Mm help her boost her self-esteem and help her internalize the fact that she has value that she does. It also, you know, a lot of picnics think like I have to do things for people in order for them to like me or in order for me to have worth. And so I gas up my friends because I want them to know that they are inherently valuable. But again, you got to decide like, is this person worth it to do this kind of emotional labor? So here's, here's my contrarian (laughs) (laughs) point. So, um, if your friend is narcissistic, this will backfire on you. Yeah, yeah. if your friend is narcissistic. Yeah, exactly. That was going to be my point. Because again, with like narcissistic type women, a lot of them do have cripplingly low self-esteem. But their response to that is to yeah, build themselves up to be almost godlike and all-knowing and um, do everything to cultivate this image that they're the shit, right? Yeah. So then their response sometimes to you saying they're you're the shit, that they're the shit is to then like neg you because they need to be the queen bee because they're super insecure, right? Negging works so on anybody. They can't have real friendships with you because their friendship is based on... Your, your, your friendship with them is based on you not making them feel bad about themselves because they feel shit about themselves all the time. But it's super easy to make someone like that feel bad about, about bad about themselves if you're anywhere like near if you're if you're like if they perceive you to be better than them in any conceivable way. And I've had a, a, a decent amount of frenemies this way where I didn't realize so way too late that they were in this like one sided competition with me or something thing. I wouldn't have mm. even frenemies. considered, to be honest. Right. They might be like they might think you're smarter than them or you went to better school or you're prettier than them or something like that. And so you trying to gas them up sometimes because they can't they can't admit that they that you make them feel insecure they'll just like take the compliment and be like yeah i know or something along those lines and then like shit on you right or try to nag you back or they won't return the compliment because they're too insecure to have a genuine uh, reaction to that so that that hasn't always again I, I don't know if my experience is typical or not but um when it comes to certain pick me's it's like they, they live in like a dual consciousness where they both have like insanely low self-esteem, but also want to project the image that they don't. Right. So you, make you, it till you make it. just sort of makes them feel like they're being validated in their behavior in that moment. Right. Cause they'll take, they'll take that as like confirmation that they're better than you or something like that. Right. Again, I get triggered by narcissistic people. So this, this woman that you're describing, I, this is like amalgamation of multiple friendships I've had, unfortunately. And this is where I'm saying, I think because you, <laughs> I think you mentioned it earlier. I think it's you. Like resting nice face. Yeah. That's really a problem. I think narcissistic oh. people might just be drawn to people. That like that. Quite the I'm mostly cool with people unless I think they're bullshitting me or unless I think that they're trying to like harm someone or if they're doing something I feel like is more like super morally reprehensible. I'm mostly cool with people. Like I don't really go out of my way to, to like make them feel bad or anything but then people start to think oh because you don't necessarily show your teeth right away that you're harmless 
Yeah. So I, I don't know if like you've just met an extraordinary number of narcissistic women over the course of your life, but like these sorts of women, I get turned off by them just because I, I don't know, like we, I, I find I tend to fight with them a lot. Like they just become my instant enemy. It's funny because <laughs> dudes because love I'm these chicks. Like probably. a domineering, like alpha woman type. Um, the chat to work. So yeah, they, they see it as a competition, but I just avoid these types of women. I don't know. The, the gassing up your friends technique. I use that mainly on my friends who are generally good people and their hearts in the right place, but they just have really low self-esteem. And for them, the gassing them up isn't like a source of yeah. supply. It's just like they've been beaten down so much over suicide prevention people that finally talking to someone who can't get the stupid chat working i don't know why sees their qualities and you know reminds them about them it feels good and it feels validating and so that's why they they and that makes them want to spend more time with me um and the reason for why i do this is because yeah abusers will like or abusers or just shitty men in general will even like low effort men i find i found that the line between a low effort man and an emotionally abusive man is very fine because a lot of low effort men will use emotional abuse as a way of keeping a girlfriend around without having to put I mean, but also as if you're a guy, you don't want to be too high effort because then that kind of sets the precedent that you're going to be that kind of effort all the time. And generally women like, you know, it's just it's a tough one. It's a delicate balance. But in any effort, because it's ultimately what I find abuse, like abusive men. The reason why they're abusive is because they don't want to put in the effort of actually being a good person uh, that people are attracted to and want to be around. So they'll use coercion, insults, manipulation and all kinds of shitty tactics to get people to stick around or to decimate a woman's self-worth so she thinks she can't do any better so this is also why some of my friendships turn toxic because their scrope boyfriend was triangulating my pick me friend against me i don't know if you guys ever did this if you've ever bought like a similar outfit to your best friend uh and so there was a time where i me and my friend wore the same outfit and then her scrope boyfriend was like oh your your girlfriend looks or your your friend looks better in it than you right so sometimes so be careful because sometimes these scrope boyfriends that they're with it's weird i get like it's because you i see that i go like that guy's just a fucking asshole that's just an asshole thing. But then what is it? If it's your partner saying it to you, then it's a behind the scenes. They're triangulating that woman against you. And that's why sometimes she's like irrationally hostile towards you. That's actually a very good point because this, this actually does follow in my experience as well. That checks out because um, after I, <laughs> this has happened a few times where after like a night together or night out, um, a night in or a night out with my girlfriends, uh, they'll go home and they're feeling really awesome. And if they go home to a really shitty man, um, he will try to, like take her down a peg or like neg her or they notice that oh you know i don't like that lilith girl like she's putting ideas in your head right, right? And so that's she is to triangulate lilith me against her. is totally putting the ideas of the gassing her up, the, the purpose of the gassing her up is that so that she feels better with me than when she feels with her boyfriend because mm-hmm. it, it, mm-hmm. people often respond not so much to the actual words that you are saying but they'll respond to the way that you make them feel and True. so if you're if you're talking to one of 33 more likes come on let's get there. your female friends and she Free feels like membership. shit every time she spends time with her boyfriend but you treat her really well and you talk about all the qualities about her that you love and you make her feel like she's on top of the world like she's powerful like she could you know conquer anything she's gonna start to think like hmm, i really enjoy spending time with my friend i don't enjoy spending time with my shitty boyfriend my shitty boyfriend's now trying to talk shit about my friend who makes me feel good she's a lot it makes her a lot less vulnerable to that kind of triangulation or it makes it a little bit easier to see through it. Yeah, assuming she's not a massive pick me that just gets jealous right yeah that just falls into the that falls right into the trap again toxic friendships that i've had that that's going on behind closed doors you may not know that that's what's going on and then even your attempts to be like let's go out let's feel good let's go somewhere and- isn't really being a pick me just that you're making a bit of like a concession in the whole struggle of the sexes like i just i can't help but wonder are all these pick me's like married with kids and these chicks are single with a podcast just meet new guys they look at it like you're trying to be better than them you know what i'm saying like you're trying to be the boss or something 
Lilith is giving really, really great advice. I'm just giving like the caveats to her advice, meaning like some, some of these, some of these chicks are truly unsalvageable and you attempting to do these, these tactics will end up, will sometimes end up backfiring. And I can tell you a friendship breakup is actually really difficult, right? It can be as painful as a regular relationship breakup. So yeah, for sure. there's times where I stayed in these friendship, trying these tactics and some of the different things that um, Lilith said. And then the eventually there was like some massive blow up and in hindsight, I'm like, all the red flags were there. All the times where I should have walked away were there and I should have walked away. And then when I did finally work, walk away, it was really, really, really painful. You know, when they're not being like, pick means like they can be cool in other respects and so you're emotionally invested in each other in that kind of way and then once you don't have that friend anymore it can be really hard so my my caveat to everything that Liz is saying is just like really really evaluate whether that one is worth <laughs> worth doing all this for before like you're so emotionally invested that's gonna be painful to leave that friendship or she legit puts you in dangerous situations for which you could actually be uh, uh actually harmed yeah so as, as we discussed at the beginning of this episode you have to decide first sure. of all if this friend is worth saving if she's adding value to your life if she's a generally good person and a good friend this advice of gassing her up and so on is under the assumption that this person is worth saving that she's not a narcissist that she is you know generally well-meaning and a good friend but that she just has low self-esteem and has gotten caught up in the manipulation of a shitty man so that is the context within this advice yeah true you know if you're listening to this and thinking i tried that and that's not going to work for me or that didn't work on me it could be that the conditions in which you're applying this advice are not the same so you have to make sure that you are working with someone who's already generally good natured you know is already like pretty good friend yeah, I'm, I'm telling you when to hit the parachute and save yourself. Like, just jump off, <laughs> jump away from this relationship. It's important to know when to do that as well. Yeah. So number four of my of my four part strategy for how to get your girl to leave a shitty man is, and this is the one where I do exaggerate a bit. I said don't lie when you're talking when you're talking about complimenting your girl, but the number f- that, that was number, a lie. No, no, no. <laughs> number three is true, but number four, this is where I do. I don't ever, I never straight up lie, don't, but what? I do exaggerate a little bit. Um, brag about all the nice things that men do for me. Um, and this, the purpose of this is to help her realize that a better life is possible and that she doesn't have to put up with bad treatment because quote, all men are like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all heard the like, Oh, all men watch porn. Oh, all men do this. All men do that. And so a lot of women, even though here's the thing, like I see this a lot on like rad femme twit or rad femme Twitter where, you know, all men are like this, blah, blah. And even if it is true, even if it is true that every single man on this planet is a piece of shit, I don't think that that narrative is as helpful because it makes it way too easy for women to internalize that and go, Oh, well, all men are like that. If I want a relationship, then I have to lower my standards or I have to put up with it and so on. Right. And so I Mm. find that it's the same thing when I'm talking to a guy and I talk about, you know, even if I've been abused or treated badly by men before, I never tell a man that I'm currently dating that men in the past have treated me badly because that communicates that I'm used to being yes. treated badly yeah. and that he can afford to do that. But a guy from a particular culture was like asking me if I'd ever dated guys from that culture before. And I said, yes, I, in fact, you know, I love how men from this culture, they know how to treat a lady. They've always treated me like a princess. And I could see in this guy's head that he's, his wheel, the wheels were already turning and in his mind, I knew that he, I could see that competitiveness in his eyes, right? Like mm-hmm. men are very competitiveness. And so or, men are very competitive. So yeah. if you tell him that you've been treated really well by guys in the past, they will think like, oh, first of all, that's what she's accustomed to. So I have to treat her at least as good as that if I want mm. to maintain her interest. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much what, and, and then it'll <laughs> make them more competitive. They want to com- be better than the other guys. So if anything, they'll try to treat you better. So yeah. but then, again, just my personal experience, but a similar thing happens when you're talking to women. I find when you, <laughs> I'm thinking like pre FDS. When me and my friends would commiserate about all the shit things does that anybody men rem- did to does, us, and then does anybody would, even remember what life was like pre-FDS? I don't. Just not do anything about it and just go back to our shitty boyfriends at the end of the night. It almost like perpetuates this idea that like as a woman, it's kind of your job to just put up with shit behavior from men and just suck it up and just put up with it and then just deal with it. Right? Is is when you talk about the nice things that men have done for you and you've flattered your friends sufficiently, she will start to think like, oh, you know. This person says, I'm amazing. You know, I like my friend. She's amazing. These are all the amazing things that men have done for her. 
therefore like I deserve to be treated well or that it's possible to be treated well by men so if once you plant that idea in her head and she's with a shitty man who treats her worse she's gonna be like why the fuck am I with this girl like why can I why would I do that when I can do better kind of thing the point of the number four is to plant the idea in her mind that she can and deserves to have better so this this works if I mean you can always do incrementally better if you're willing to do the work but nobody's jumping multiple multiple grades really she doesn't feel competitive with you or if she doesn't feel like you're shading her because i've unintentionally shaded friends when they were bragging about something that i thought was like some pick me shit meaning a guy did this for her. is this like the worst thing to them it's just a, a friend who's a pick me and, and i was worse? like well yeah they should and to be fair i've been on the other side of that with a friend where i had a, you should have friends actually maybe on both sides where like one friend that's slightly more pick me than you and another friend that's more boss um i've been on the other side too where i had well, a friend that was more <laughs> for balance yeah the balance that's slightly more boss than i and i was like happy about something that a boyfriend did and then she was like well yeah that that should happen i felt like kind of bad that i accepted less but then i like kind of saw the i saw the wisdom of it and then i just moved on if you're dealing with a person who's highly insecure or still like is desperate for male approval their reaction to that is going to feel competitive or like they want to attack you or bring you down a peg yeah again don't be friends with toxic people right so if your friend responds to toxic people are maybe a good betting strategy for friends like if you talk about something positive that a man did for you does she go oh that's so nice of him i'm so happy for you then she's probably a decent person i mean maybe a really really fucking toxic person would say that but then inside they're like fuck this bitch i'm gonna destroy you (laughs) another thing um that can be quite useful is to focus on how it's making her feel um and also talk about the pros of just being single just you know compare okay if you didn't have what this are guy, they, just how different would your life be you wouldn't be stressing you probably have more money you could be, be doing you know what you want to do because ultimately it isn't just about there are other men who can treat you better whilst that who's talking right now here savannah or the friend that's true but our you know default relationship status is generally single unless we're out there with somebody and it's still better to be single than to be with a squirt as well see that that's the lesson that I don't know that you can teach better to be single than to be with a scroll that's that's the thing I'm I'm trying to get at is that's why that's not part of my advice because (laughs) that shit doesn't work on pick I'm sorry so kind of go back to my earlier story (laughs) that friend sees the fact that all these guys even though she even though they really drag the shit out of her behind closed door all these guys at least are hanging out with her is evidence that she's successful and she knows what she's talking about right because you can keep a, a harem of low value men around you fairly easily but then what i'm saying though is to challenge the idea that you know getting you know low value attention is is better than is you know first of all that it's actually valuable and secondly it has value the- in the word the term has value in it and single it's about challenge it's about challenging the fundamental beliefs it's more difficult to do um, I appreciate that. But, We're on one and a quarter speed, everybody. Uh, but ultimately, if they, if if women don't learn this lesson, this whole thing is futile. This is why you see women continuously getting into bad relationships. They'll leave one scrot and everyone has a party, and they're back with another one. They, I think, for me, you know, when FTS began to make the most sense, and when I started having the most success with the strategies, it was essentially when I internalized the fact that being single is better than being with most men. So with that, Ouch. I was. That's so sad. That's so sad. Being, let's just play that. I don't know. Is it because I'm sick? I'm a little more. You see women continuously getting into bad relationships. They'll leave one scrot and everyone has a party, then they're back with another one. They, I think for me, you know, when FTS began to make the most sense and when I started having the most success with the strategies, it was essentially when I internalized the fact that being single is better than being with most men. So with, ouch. 
Everybody hurts. Savannah, it's not your fault, baby. Sad. That's I was sad single for I, like where she always had a boyfriend, and I was single for most of that time. But when I got a boyfriend, he was much <laughs> higher value in the way that he spoke and treated me. Exactly, exactly. But this is why again, toxic friend. She ramped up the bullshit, and like she then she's the type of girl she needs attention. She would try to like be over overly flirtatious, try to hang all over my boyfriend and stuff like that because she needs. Attention. Okay, this friend sounds like a dick. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, she Why is. don't we roast her? Yeah, this friend is a lost cause, girl. She sounds like a dick. But this is what I'm saying is like with pick me's is like even if you show them like, oh, guys can treat you better than this. She Now she's crazy jealous because I have one boyfriend who treats me better than yeah. all these like. Oh, you have a boyfriend? triangulating. It was so fucked. What was so fucked about it in hindsight now is because, again, I didn't really put two and two together, but like she would fuck these guys. And then, like, literally, we'd all go out some other way. We go out to like the club or something like that. And then she's off, like, trying to pretend like she's a socialite. And I'm talking to these dudes and they're dragging the shit out of her, like, while I'm sitting next to her, like, when she's not in earshot. Like, the first thing they do like, is they like, hate her even though they're fucking her. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She was fucking guys who actively hated and disrespected her. And so then she, she sees like them talking to me and she can see that they respect me. They, she sees that they respect me, even if at least enough to be honest to me. And she's mad right because these are her men and these I mean, are it like, could also be this girl's triangulating using you it could be that too it's probably a little bit of both to be honest but some of it is like because she's so desperate all the time that i think that like they realize like oh i can pretty much do anything and she's gonna do some pick me shit and then spin it to make it seem like she's like in control so my whole thing is like uh when you do get a boyfriend if you try to show them better they may not like respond positively we're talking about past boyfriends, like not even men that you're currently with, but talking about nice things that men have done in the past. Yeah. But this is all under the assumption that this person is a generally good person. Their heart is in the right place. They're not a toxic person. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, again, all of this advice that I'm saying is only to be used in the context of a friend who you like, who you don't want to give up on, but she has a few little pick me tests. And he's worth saving. Yeah. Some women, that kind of effort is not worth it. Personally, like I've not experienced that many. Again, women when they say worth saving, with- oftentimes they're saying worth saving from what? A life of children and marriage? I guess divorce eventually? Maybe? With me, I have, like, from my standpoint, I find that when you lead by example, by being the sort of women that they want to be, be the change you want to see in the world, right? And if women see you being successful, and those women are generally good people, like... Who said that, Obama? Obviously toxic women, they see you being successful, they're going to try to destroy you. But a woman who's generally a good person, <laughs> they're going to see someone being successful, and they're going to be like, okay, I want to be like you, how do I be like you? They're going to start unconsciously even adopting some of your mannerisms or your attitudes, right? I've learned over the course of yeah. my life about how to lead i mean as part of my job literally and how to lead by example more specifically and a big part of my career my job is basically about um you know how to influence others uh through sales or persuasion or and, and so on right so what i'm talking about in this episode are soft power skills for how can you lead your girl gang into a newer better bosser you know how can you get your pick me friends who are generally good people how do you help them level up and become boss bitches who don't take any shit from men who have higher standards and better boundaries this four-part strategy and also just how to get them to leave a shitty man because what savannah was saying about the happiness of being sounds single, like this chick's gonna be selling a course pretty single, soon. i think that for a woman who's currently in a relationship a lot of women who do, who don't want to leave their shitty man it's because they're afraid of being single and so i think you got to meet women where they're at almost and when you're talking to again an appeal when you're trying to persuade someone you have to appeal to the things that are important to them so if you're talking to a pick me friend who's afraid of leaving her boyfriend because she doesn't want to be single um talking about how great it is to be single is just gonna fall on deaf ears i think talking about how you know men have treated me really well in the past and this is how i behave in order to you know achieve that sort of treatment um 
I find that that sort of the, the promise of get a better relationship is almost more incentivizing than just the idea that being single is better than being with a low value man. And then once they break up, that's when you can go on a bunch of adventures together as girls. And then she will learn through experience the beauty of being single without a shitty scrope. It's pretty manipulative. So that's a message that comes later after they've yeah, broken up. Yeah thinking of you know you know the picking in the relationship who values being in a relationship above all else mm -hmm. right if you're saying there's better men out there um even if okay look there's always gonna be someone better out there like the i just by the statistics you know everybody's just you know you get tired of looking or you find someone that you really connect with but just probability wise you could say yeah there's probably someone still better than this but if you keep just doing that game then you're just gonna die she leaves that relationship and this is from personal like these chicks experience they don't spend any time being single they're back out there looking for someone else and this is how you get women who are just in serial relationships and this is why i sort of say i think you can do both you can say there are better men out there but you can also say it's better yeah. being single than being in a shitty relationship i think you can give both messages at once like what i'm trying to be um like cautious of is just essentially inadvertently encouraging um you know women just just to keep focusing on you know getting into relationships you know finding a good man because whilst that is now i'm not saying women shouldn't look for relationships but you know if you've been in a bad relationship already you should spend a lot of time single in my opinion because you need to recalibrate your standards and boundaries because the reason why they're in that bad relationship is because their standards and boundaries are way off or if not non-existent yeah um and so even if they come out of that relationship there's absolutely no guarantee they won't get into another shitty one because they don't have the correct framework or, or they may not recognize you know what a good relationship actually looks like and also if we're talking about um you know the way that a man you know that can treat so let's say for example if you say to, i'm not saying you say this but just an example um you know my boyfriend pays for dates um, if they're then out there dating, they then might start getting excited if a man pays for dates, if that makes sense, even though he may not be a good person. So what I'm saying is... Who does not get excited when a man pays for dates? I think the messaging needs to be applied with caution. And again, it's also about the analysis of your friend. If she's been in a string of bad relationships, I just don't think it's a good idea to keep pushing the idea that there are better men out there, at least until she's been single for for some time and has able and has been able to reflect on that but that's just that's just a caveat to that and that's the criticism of the subreddit right because a lot of times we, we talk about how there's women that come on the subreddit and they're like they're they're prematurely assigning high value to their new man because he's just slightly better yes exactly yeah or yeah. has some of the markers of being like better than in a lot of respects than the guy they dated before but still doesn't mean he's high value right if you went from you know a guy who didn't have a place who never paid for dates who was just generally like a couch creature to couch uh, creature. a man who has a job and pays for dates and they're like all right they're automatically like oh he's high value and they jump the gun because they look at it like oh i've leveled up and i'm different but they haven't actually fixed those internal self-esteem issues or well, they haven't fixed their vetting yeah the vetting but also the self-esteem because then what happens is like even if you got a guy that has yeah. better uh, like uh, a better package like you can still he can still be low value and still be toxic to you in the same way even if he's not like a flat-out bum like your previous boyfriend <laughs> yeah that's true yeah that's true so two things about that one about savannah's point about, about the importance about of um showing that the single life can be great six more likes Come that on. is important definitely all i'm saying and i do convey that message it's just not my first it's not my main strategy that's something i'll talk about on the side like if i'm single and talking about you know cool shit i'm doing and stuff and well a lot of the times when i just straight up say it is better to be single than to be with a low value or shitty man a lot of women will just agree with that statement on its face because it's just so obvious. But what I'm talking about are the women who are, you know, like you said, are in relationships, they value their relationships a lot. They're afraid of being single. Um, talking about how being single isn't so scary or being single is great and so on. It just is not um, a good selling point. 
it's just um it's just not very persuasive so whereas talking about oh there are other men that treat that can treat you better that is more incentivizing to at least get her to break up with her shitty man because and once she's because then she's thinking okay once i break up with the shitty guy then i'm available to find all these other better guys um but it's almost like certain things women can't learn except for for from experience you know how like sometimes you'll be talking to a pick me and sometimes they get a lot of of heartbreak or a lot of shit before they finally like get the message you know so things about like the being single is fun i feel like it's more effective when they learn that from experience um by actually having a good time as a single person um but and then number two i want to circle back to what rose said about um you know talking about things that nice talking about nice things that men have done for me and she gets competitive. I think in this context, uh, delivery is also very important. So for example, I would say, I would not say it in the context of like, let's say her boyfriend's doing something shitty. I wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, well, my man did this for me kind of thing. Or like, Oh, my ex did this for me kind of thing. Right. So so I would not bring it up in the context of her talking about her shitty man, because that's going to seem, that's going to very directly convey a more competitive thing. Um, you know, I would bring it up in another context or just sort of even passing in conversation. Um, and again, like, saying it in a way like oh this is something amazing that a guy did for me like you know that's that's how men should be like girl like you're so amazing you deserve to girl, be treated that you way are kind so of thing, right? amazing. in a way that makes her feel uplifted and not you like oh i'm stupid or i'm a piece girl. of shit for calling this for my man you know what i mean there's women to me that are pick me's like out of ignorance and then there's like women that make a choice to be a pick me in some respect so that, that's another criticism too there's women as soon as they get a boyfriend they abandon other friends etc cetera, etc cetera. so if you have a woman who's not the type to do that who's otherwise like still socially plugged in and connected and is not like as soon as i get a boyfriend i'm abandoning everybody else Shout out to the Goob, just got a channel membership. Thank you for the likes. And these types of things tend to work because you're 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 staying connected, you're keeping that network. She at least has like a balanced enough uh, understanding of her life to maintain her friendships in addition to her boyfriend. But I think when you're dealing with a uh, my boyfriend is my everything. I'm cutting off all these like uh, other women as soon as I get a man. Yeah, those are kind of women who need to learn from bitter experience, unfortunately. Okay, so my mom always used to say this thing to me. She says, smart people learn from their own experiences, smarter people learn from other people's experiences, and stupid people never learn at all. And so for the people who never learn, yeah, you just got to give up on them. Yeah. Like they're, they're hopeless. You got to just cut them off. I just want to put boundaries on it the same way we do with men, right? Because we, we, we talk about like these behaviors and extremes and that like when you have a conversation and when to cut your losses. So here's another red flag, actually. This, this is another red flag that I like to keep in mind, which is that um, beware of like one-sided friendships. So, um, Obviously. you know, they're, they're having fr- former friends that I've now cut off where... Um, you know, friends with this strategy, I'm sure there's going to be women with their spidey senses tingling like, oh, you know, I've done this for friends and they'll happily use me for my emotional labor. But then when I need something, they are like bored or disinterested. Lo- nothing like a good woman's emotional labor. Interested or, you know, don't They know how to right? do it. So that's another thing to be mindful of with this strategy is that if you are talking to a friend and it's a very one-sided relationship where you're the one gassing her up and telling her she's amazing and listening to her talk about her shitty boyfriend and doing tons of emotional labor labor for her but she doesn't do the same for you that person is not a friend that person is a user and that's why you shouldn't be friends with people like that oh so, dump that bitch being, only yeah. do this sort of work for friends where again i have a hard time letting go of friendships that i've had for a long time where we've been through a lot together i've helped her with her problems she's helped me with my problems uh those kinds of friendships are the ones that i think are sticking through post FDS level up. A lot of those types of women can be saved and I do want to save them. So, I mean, it's forced emotional labor is basically you're being enslaved by your friends. So you should not tolerate. And you know, honestly, I enjoy making them break up with their shitty boyfriends. That's just, I get a kick out of it. Yeah. And I, I would also say if they start to really level up, it could change the dynamic of your friendship and just be aware of that. I have had like friends I've had for a long time. And if I've started to level up in a certain way, the dynamic changes. Mm. Yeah. I had this a lot when I lost a lot of weight actually. Yeah. So just, you just understand once your friend starts to level 
level up, they may, once they level up, want to leave their friendship, right? And it may not even be entirely about you. They might just feel more confident to explore different things, right? So that's the other thing about this kind of work is be prepared for it perhaps to be a benevolent type of sacrifice because they might they might level up, start getting confidence, and then be like, I want to explore this part right, of we, my so life. We just learned something about Lilith. Lilith lost a lot of weight. Good for you, Lilith. Or something different. So mm-hmm. um, I still think it's absolutely worth doing if it's a good person. I have front, one friend who who leveled up and then she kind of left for a bit and then we've re- we've since rekindled our friendship a bit so sometimes even with those people they might go off travel spend a year abroad or something you know just sort of keep in touch with them and they might come back and then and then you can t- continue the relationship but again toxic people cut them off non-toxic people who just are making mistakes i think those i think it's a very worthwhile benevolent thing to help show them help guide have them into the pity right direction on so your you can friends. all live your best lives together yes. be, prepared, be prepared to lose them either way so understand that this is a greater good type of exercise. Yeah, I do it for the greater yeah. good. Okay, that's, that's the thing. Like, I just, like, again, like, back to the emotional labor thing. If this is something that's very taxing for you and you don't enjoy doing it, then don't. Yeah. I just have the disposition where I just really get off on, you know, the I love... I love when I just gas up my friends and they feel like an alpha bitch and then they go home to their shitty boyfriend and start talking about like, well, Lilith said this about her man. Like, why can't you do the same? Like, that kind of thing. Like, I, I just really enjoy ruining shitty relationships like that and i also really enjoy helping women boss up so well little do you know that we're reversing the whole thing with this show nothing makes me happier in life and i do that partially because it makes me happy and it's worked out a few times so i'm like well yeah this works like i'm gonna keep doing it and i do it's not, i don't have 100 percent success right i still have a couple friends left who are still with their screw boyfriends but i'm here to play the long game okay like yeah, I'm long patient. game. this is absolutely a worthwhile thing to do for like the overall betterment of our society the more women that set good boundaries and have a um a, good, a positive like vision for their future, a positive uh, understanding of relationships or, or, or really a understanding of relationships that's more likely to lead to positive, happy results. The better we all are. So just to summarize, Lilith's four part strategy for how to make your bestie leave her shitty scrote boyfriend is one, make or stay close friends with her so that she is not isolated Two, talk shit about men in general, specifically <laughs> traits that her boyfriend. Has. All right, everybody, don't make sh- don't forget to talk about talk shit has, about men in general, but don't roast her boyfriend specifically. Otherwise, she will. Otherwise, she will feel like she's being personally oh. attacked. This helps her get better at identifying problematic male behavior, but in a haha funny way. Three, you know, gas her up, tell her she's beautiful, smart, funny, a good person. That she—that's all women, though. Deserves the best things in life. Be genuine, so that's something when she looks in the mirror, she can repeat back to herself and know that it's true. Um, and this boosts her self-esteem. It helps her internalize the fact that she has value. And I think my self-esteem is a little higher right four, now. I'm not gonna lie. Of all of the nice things that men do for you. This helps her realize that a better life is possible and that she doesn't have to put up with bad treatment because, quote, you know, all men are like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but again, I think that the goal of all of this is to, you know, raise consciousness among women. No, the goal is to die single. And, you know, help Just women admit it. forge greater bonds with each other instead of men and to level up your standards and your boundaries and learn that you don't have to put up with shit for men because uh, your girl gang will meet your emotional needs where your man yeah, will. Yeah, you right, will. So- I feel like a fucking boss bitch right now after listening to That's this. That's our show. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com for social value mail, for weekly mail. bonus content. All right. That's been episode 33. We made it through to episode 33. Someone was asking about the chat. I, I tried to get the chat working. I don't know what's going on with it. I think I might have to shut down my thing, which I can't do. So no chat this episode. I'll make sure to have it figured out for the next time. All right. That was episode 33. We're That was uh, right here is now episode 34. Of the female dating strategy podcast, building your girl gang plus a triple scrote stack.
what could this possibly mean by a triple scrote stack? I don't know, uh, but that was, yeah, someone says that was painful, Luke. That was painful, and there's even more pain coming, and I'm a little sick. So this is really punishing me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, if we get to 150 likes on the stream, I'll give away another membership to the Scrotes on YouTube. That gets you access to the Low Belly Mail After Show. All the fun emojis that we have going on here. Al Bundy, King of England, Fauci, the balls, all that stuff. Um, so let's get those likes up, and then uh, we'll get there. All right, episode 34 from one year ago. So we're a year behind. Good Fucking God, that's not good. Building your girl gang, plus the triple scrotes, Jack. Let's go. I'd just like to tell you about some recent changes we've made to our Patreon. No. We've got a triple whammy for our roaster scrote. Triple stack roaster scrote today from Jay. And she wants to validate everything I felt, or for years. What I absolutely love you and the... We got some skippage here. Saying... I'm Hold on. Moderators and podcast hosts. Thanks for listening, Queens, and on to the Queens. show. Queens! And today we've got a triple whammy for our roaster scrote. Triple stack roaster scrote today. What? From Jay. And she wants to start by saying, uh, so I just wanted to start out by saying, I'm so thankful for what you guys do. Um, I've always had FDS aligned values and just felt so alone before I found the sub, um, like thanks to a scroty complaint post on another sub. Hashtag die mad. This was a few years ago now, and I've been going back ever since. And I really don't know what I would have done without you guys. You've helped me to stand firm in my boundaries and completely validated everything I felt, or for years. I absolutely love you and the entire community, and I'm just uh, so glad to see it continue to grow and help other women. Aw, thank you, Jay. So, thanks, Jay. the actual roasting. Scrote number one. Um, I met Chad when I was around 19, and he was... Chad. <laughs> was 25. Oh, no. His name is Chad? Uh, oh. <laughs> All right, we're done. Okay, okay. Just roasting you for having the name Chad. Uh, Chad really liked to smoke weed, and he was into snowboarding. Of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. That is like... <laughs> and let me guess, was he a white guy <laughs> named Chad? Of course he did. And he was also really great with his finances. <laughs> Stingy bastard. For example, he liked going 50-50. And he once went several weeks without deodorant because he wanted to save money. Any snowboards? Ew. What a dirty little scrote. Ew. What a dirty little scrote. Just deodorant in the US? Like, how much is it, like, bro? Like, $5 per thing? 99 cents. <laughs> really? You, I mean, it depends on the quality. You, but you can definitely find, like, dollar store deodorant. So he's got the money to smoke weed, but he hasn't got the money to get deodorant. Correct. Right? It's called prioritizing. Yeah, if you can't afford deodorant, you shouldn't be smoking weed. Uh, so it continues. And I remained with Chad for nearly four years. I know. Until the week before my final undergraduate exams. When he decided to come clean about some cheating. Oh, no. What a piece of shit. He was pretty resentful of my success. And I'm pretty sure he timed it that way just to throw me off. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I was like, that seems like a very convenient time. Why do they do that? It seems like a very conveniently inconvenient time to announce that. It ended up being my best semester regardless. Uh, so suck it, Chad. <laughs> Good. Suck it, Chad. So I, just, I just wanted to yeah. know. I just wanted you guys to know. I looked up um, how much a, a three pack of deodorant costs on walmart and it's five dollars for three yeah i guess five dollars the price the price yeah. is right i won for, no for three of them <laughs> not just one for three for three of them yeah cool um anyways i promptly dumped him and blocked him everywhere which apparently he was not expecting as chad was very delusional uh so he made new accounts across uh, multiple different platforms to message me and at one point he even used a new number to say he had written me a song 
But I refused Ooh, to give him answer his video call. <laughs> so what I ended up getting was a giant run-on sentence with about 500 words uh, worth of lyrics before I blocked him again. I had a guy write me a poem one time, and I told <laughs> it was really bad. And I was like, nothing makes my pussy drier than bad poetry. <laughs> guy fucking cried anyways yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean again you're dating dudes that'll cry that easily. laugh together <laughs> but i'm a bad person so anyways <laughs> roasted <laughs> making guys cry <laughs> yeah. i'm a man eater i'm proud of it <laughs> About a year ago, Chad tried contacting me again with a new email he had made. I couldn't believe it, but I ignored it for a few days until I decided to reply. Um, as an aside, uh, the band uh, Rage Against the Machine was meant to play in my hometown the next year, but floor tickets were super expensive, around $400 each. That being said, they were less expensive than Chad was dumb. <laughs> I, I, can see this is, I think I can see where this is going. I mean, that doesn't seem like it's hard, to be fair. <laughs> So, anyways, I basically just played along with what he was saying. I I sprinkled in like sixty heart emojis, and then suggested that we go to this concert together to rekindle our relationship. And the dumbass bought it. I used my credit card to make sure they were sent to my email, and had him e-transfer me eight hundred dollars. And then I blocked him and sent my girlfriend a message saying we'd be going to rage. Hashtag boy bye, queen shit. That is that legal. Sorry, I love that. I absolutely love that. I'm not mad whatsoever. Yeah, a, a lot of people are probably going to be like, oh my God, that's a scam. You, That's grift. That's like, oh my God, you ripped him off. I'm like, you know what? Men deserve to be scammed. Men deserve to well, be no, robbed. But, but the thing is, this is a payment right. for harassment. She told him to leave her alone. He didn't listen. So Yeah, I call it the patriarchy tax. <laughs> the asshole tax. <laughs> the asshole tax, yeah. The asshole tax. First of all, he cheated. Then he waited to tell her at a particularly important time in her life to devastate her. And then when she broke up with him, he harassed her. Yeah, he had it coming. He was asking for it. If he didn't, he really is get a bit of a Chad, dare I say? Yeah, and he shouldn't have been a dickhead about it. So, real... on to scrote number two with Jay. Uh, so she says, so shortly after dumping Chad, I ended up with Rebuff, uh called Justin because he was just as douchey as Chad. I was gonna talk to my friend Justin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chad. Yeah, <laughs> this is the lowest form of comedy that exists. Is being like, oh, that person's name is this. Of course it is. This they must talk like that because their name is that. Our prime minister's name is Justin. Can you imagine if, if a country, like a leader of a country's name, was Chad? Oh my god! <laughs> There's a country called Chad. You stupid bitch! Imagine Sorry. like a president <laughs> of the United States, Chad. Bro, I was out snowboarding with my homie Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Chad is a musician. Sorry, I lost my cool there. And he has totally sick lyrics. <laughs> He's really gonna blow up, bro. Yeah. Did you go to that Rage concert? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's giving. Yeah. I heard Rage was coming in town, so I'm gonna hit up my ex girlfriend because I know she's totally hot for me. And oh, this, <laughs> this is, is Rage's featuring chat. Featuring <laughs> chat. Hell. Uh, so she continues. Uh, Justin had a man bun. Of course oh, he did. Oh, of no, course he did. Of course he did. Anything they impressed. say. Anything they say. Justin had a shaved head. Oh, of course he did. Oh, Justin had a crew cut. Oh, of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> he also found that labels were also oppressive. I just find. Of course he did. Labels. 
that's like really oppressive to my man bun. These are the same guys who think that like women's boundaries or standards are oppressive to men. Yeah, of course they do. I just feel like my man bun isn't as luxurious if I'm in a monogamous relationship. Of course he did. (laughs) Justin thought he was a very good boy because he was woke and also a sex positive feminist. Of course he was. He was also also very in touch with his emotions, uh, which is apparently just another way of saying he liked to monologue at women. Also, he was depressed, refused to go to therapy and refused to communicate over anything other than Snapchat. I know I was so stupid. Forgive me. Snapchat communication is at minimum a yellow flag. Yeah. Yeah. In men, when men do it, when a man asks a woman to communicate via Snapchat, that's a red flag. So if he's depressed... I don't know if I should have came up with a more slightly, a slightly more depressed Chad voice. Oh, that sounds pretty depressed. I find monogamy really <laughs> oppressive to women. Whoa, why are you uh, talking shit about mental health Man. now? Not cool, I ladies. consider myself a sex positive <laughs> feminist. This is the worst episode of all time, yes. by the way. Okay, these guys who are in touch with their emotions, these oh-so-sensitive guys who monologue at women, most of them are just covert narcissists. And I honestly would prefer a stoic guy who can't talk about feelings. I would prefer that guy over, I would prefer that over someone who's straight up emotionally manipulative, right? (laughs) I'd rather date a guy who doesn't talk about his feelings at all than talk to a guy who talks about his feelings in a way to like force me to feel pity for him because he's a fucking sociopath and wants to exploit my empathy. A few months had passed and quite frankly, I was getting sick of his man bun wearing but label avoidant shit. Uh, We were meant to be going for a weekend away in a really remote part of the country. And on the way there, he made me drive around for an hour because he wanted to get food from an independent restaurant, but we couldn't find one that was open. Of course he did. This caused him to become really upset and essentially led to about an hour and a half of intense sulking uh, with an attitude compounded by the fact that he had gotten in a fight with his mum. No, his mum's he? Oh, what a poor baby. I spit out my drink. He's sad because he got in a fight with his mom whose basement he lives in. Was he built nice? Because maybe he lived with his mom because all he does is go to the gym. I hate men like that, honestly. I've dated men like that. They're like, I live with my mom and she cooks me everything and I just spend like four hours a day at the gym. That's a Chad move. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, I decided this was just too much bullshit for somebody who wasn't even a proper boyfriend. Um, I smiled and nodded to all his nonsense, (laughs) told him I wanted to stop to get some gas, pulled into a station about 300 kilometers away from anything else, then then suggested he go inside to get some snacks. Blocked him. Yeah, she's good at teaching men lessons. I like that. Yeah. She deserted him? I mean, this is very Machiavellian, but I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm loving it. Loving but it. I've said this before. Men don't understand communication. The only language they speak is consequences. So, yeah. So, Psychotic. She left uh, Another one bites the dust. And I think the only way out of that mess for him involved like a $2,000 cab ride, which quite $2,000 frankly warms my heart. That's now Justin and Chad in the dust. Yeah. So t- t- two men down. <laughs> Yeah, we're like two-fifths of the way through a boy band. I spent a few years finishing another degree and working on myself and getting a scholarship to do a PhD in the UK. Hi, Savannah. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Uh, Before I got there, the university I was going to had made a page for a new student to connect. And that's where I met Jamie. Oh, God. Is Jamie a red flag name in the UK or something? Yeah. Oh. Oh, shut the fuck up. Justin, Jamie, and Chad. Justin, Jamie, and Chad. Yeah, okay. Oh, of course. What does Jamie look like? Of course he he does. Basic social skills that truly made him stand out from the crowd. Unlike most men who are socially incompetent. That's about where his positive qualities stopped, though. He was also depressed, really liked Jordan Peterson. He was Uh fresh out of a relationship and not ready for anything serious. Anyways, (sighs) uh, when I got to the UK, we met and went to some events uh, where we made a few new friends to hang out with. 
um, Zakaya at the very least had the good sense to see early on how much of a low value train wreck he was and resolved to not see him as a romantic prospect. I sort of feel bad for this uh, for Jay now because the thing is, right, and this is like my first traffic coming out here, but like international students to the UK are always really hot. Like I used to, I had a job like welcoming international students. And I swear the only reason why I did that job was because I, it would be like a room full of just like high candy like the french engineers are my favorite because they were always the hottest and the smartest closely followed by the dutch ones but yeah i would always go and just be like super super thirsty so i kind of feel bad that she missed out on all this because she clearly connected with jamie before she came yeah why are foreign exchange students so what? hot like in my high school we had we had a few foreign exchange students from uh i think it was like germany and like sweden and stuff uh and they were super tall and super attractive, um, but because they dressed well and put effort into their appearance, uh, all the like local boys who wore fucking basketball shorts and like UFC flat brim ball caps would call the foreign exchange students metrosexual. Like they basically thought it was like gay to shower and shave every day. Yeah, they were jealous. It yeah. is. <laughs> Don't you have to have money usually to do foreign exchange things in high school or in college? Generally speaking, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably why. Yeah, but they were just they were just oh they were so attractive like i used to do that twice a year and i used to look forward to it every single time they come fitted oh, up and fresh she's been fucking getting dick down savannah death. nice i can't eat. anyway so she continues a few weeks later i was hosting a board game snacks night at my flat and when everyone was getting ready to go he offered to stay and help me clean up in quotation marks uh so i naively let him so of course a few minutes later i've got this scrote trying to kiss me and then i sort of like, leaned back until he opened his eyes and realized what was going on the next few minutes were pretty awkward i couldn't really leave because we were in my flat and he just sort of stood there then he asked if i wanted to talk about it and asked why i didn't like him in quotation marks because he thought we got along really well i sort of said and jested a bit um and jested broadly at all of him eventually he left i mean usually you would just ask a girl out on a date or something you don't just try to plaster your lips on hers yeah gosh oh right i just feel like there's no there's no build-up and when men do stuff like that it, i don't know if they think it's romantic in their head this is why in some respects i, feel I like mean they it works sometimes this idea from hollywood Doesn't that just never like, surprise work. makeouts are always hot for women yeah because no. Women no they're not always but sometimes they're women in hollywood you think about all the indiana jones movies know you know the woman's try. like fighting with him and then he kisses her to make her shut up and she responds positively to it you know, men watch that kind of stuff and think, oh, if I try that, then men will, then women will respond positively to that. No, no. I don't. I watch it and I go, that's fucking science fiction right there. That What nonsense oh, is this like, shit? Like, fuck that. That's borderline sexual assault. They tend to make a spontaneous sexual well, combustion more realistic. Indiana than... Jones kisses that chick and she's like, that was borderline sexual assault. Bum, ba, da, da. And then it's him just trying to get out of the, the court case of doom, the rape trial of doom. It really is, especially with no warm up or warning. Yeah. It's probably and generally usually better you know, ask her if she wants to hang out mm -hmm. with you. Free tip there, guys. Free dating tip. And so I was meant to host a pancake party the next weekend, uh, which is exactly pancake what it sounds party. like. Invite a load of people over and make pancakes, uh, basically an excuse to drink maple syrup. And he knew about it. Oh, this is totally a Canadian Patreon subscriber. <laughs> yeah, this is one of yours. It's one of yours, Alith. Is this what, is this what you Canadians do? Do you just sit around drinking? maple syrup yeah that's a canadian hobby we take shots we just <laughs> we we take our shots of whiskey and then chase it with maple syrup shut up <laughs> no <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean i don't know i'm not judging 
Maple syrup is delicious. No, leave leave that in. Americans now think that Canadians leave that in. What they were going to edit that out? Take shots of maple syrup as chaser for our whiskey. Hey, weirder things have happened. <laughs> yeah, we also live in igloos and live off of moose meat. And um, <laughs> moose meat. You know, when we get into arguments with sociopaths, we push them off the ice floes in the middle of winter. Makes sense. What? I always suspected that the way that we deal with rapists in Canada is by taking them to an ice floe in the middle of winter, then pushing them off when nobody is looking. Just kidding. Some guy on just ice skates. Otherwise, she goes, just kidding. Leave them for the polar bears. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So back to the pancakes or maple syrup. It turns out he still wanted to come to the pancake night, which I suspect was... Be- Holy fuck, this is still the roaster screw. Because there'd be other women there. But anyways, a few days before, I was in Poundland waiting in line to get some measuring cups. And Poundland? Did she just say Poundland? Is that like dollar is in like a dollar store but it's called poundland i thought she was like he was taking her to poundland thinking about how i could possibly make this next awkward when something caught my eye it was the card stand Uh, my brain thought that humor would be a great way to fix this whole mess so a few days later when i saw him in person um i gave him a sincerous condolences card uh from poundland just after i had rejected him in front of everyone it was hilarious. Um, it wasn't hilarious for him, but definitely for the rest of us. Um, I like to think I was avenging all the women he slept with and then ghosted. He blocked me after that, but then un- <laughs> but then unblocked me a few months later. They always reappear to say Merry Christmas and ask if I wanted to try being friends again. <laughs> I then sent him a screenshot of a welcome back card and never heard from him again. Triple scrape raised it concluded. She already kind of really uh, hurt all these guys' feelings more than we can in this small little place. Yeah, so this is almost a queen shit. I mean, there's also an element here where, I mean, these are the guys you're choosing, so. This isn't even a roses card. This is just queen shit. So Either you're terribly unlucky or. If you want to submit your own roses card, then subscribe to our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy, and we will happily barbecue your scrope to your liking. Barbecue Let's start the, the show. Off the pound land. What's up, queens? Welcome up, queens? to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Bro. And this is Savannah. And I'm Lilith. Okay, so today's episode is a bit of a follow-up from an episode we did a few weeks ago called How to Level Up Your Pick Me Friends. One of the ideas that we ended that episode on was the idea that if you level up your pick me friends, your friends might decide to spend more time with other friends. Oh, so this is a bit of a part two friends from last or episode. invest less in that relationship. And you might also have friends that are too toxic to remain friends with. And therefore, you might find yourself friendless. Not even just because of this, but sometimes people move and there's a lot of different life circumstances in which people end up without friends. So, so we had some people request that, hey, can you talk about how to meet new friends if you find yourself friendless? Um, so... Savannah, Lilith, and I all had different ideas about that that we were going to discuss in this episode. We're going to talk through the three essential phases of making friendships, which is one, how to meet people, two, this is another how to break the ice, strategy. and three, how to follow up and maintain the friendship. And we'll discuss some of the challenges that people with different personality types face, like if you're an introvert versus an extrovert. Uh, so I'll kick off, um, and I'm quite an introverted person. I like being by myself. I'm like being around people can drain me quite a bit. Um, but when I'm in social situations, I can hide that quite well. Um, but generally speaking, um, I mean, I would classify myself as an introvert. I've had people say when they first met me, oh, I didn't know you could even speak at all. I just thought you were mute because I'm just so quiet. I can be very, very quiet and shy. Um, So, I mean, one thing I would like to say, though, is if you are an introvert, unfortunately, there is really no way around making you friends apart from putting yourself out there. It's incredibly difficult and challenging if you're not really a social butterfly or if, you know, socialising doesn't come naturally to you, as it does to some people. But that's really the only way you can, you know, truly meet new people 
um, just on your wavelength is just to put yourself out there. And the thing is, like, most people are looking to make friends. I think that once you leave um, either school or college or university, it becomes exponentially more difficult Um I mean, to even maintain the friendships that you've got, talk less of like making new friends as well. Um, I think we realise that we are only friends with a lot of people just because we see them around all the time. So, you know, once dating. you're in a position where you don't see your friends every single day, it it then becomes a lot more effort to maintain those friendships. Just to piggyback on what Savannah said, I see on the subreddit a lot women saying, oh, I'm an introvert, that's why I struggle to make friends, or I'm an introvert, that's why I don't have many friends. And I just want to tell women, every time I talk to a woman who says something like that, I want to just almost like shake her and be like, girl, you need to have friends. Like, even if you're an introvert, you have to go out there and make friends. Because Poll's been put to the chat. Skip or no. Because we'll you don't soon. ever want to be in a situation where you're isolated or you're alone or you don't have anyone. feels like they're just doing another episode in your life of the last to rely on. I find women who are introverted are so much more vulnerable to predatory men because, in my experience anyways, I've met women who are introverted. They find a man who really, for whatever reason, they really like him. And then they go off with him and he's like their one and only friend like he's the, he's the only person they regularly interact with or are vulnerable with and so on and that can create a very dangerous situation if that man later turns out to be low value or even abusive so <laughs> that's why it's important to have a network of i don't know there's nothing about them saying low value in such a serious term like it's like low value and abusive or together. women friends who will have your back if you're ever in that kind of situation yeah. women you need friends it's a good thing for people to have friends of their own hey, you don't sex. want to put yourself in a position where you're easy to isolate so that's like that that's the preamble of why this is important yeah, and also if you just want to live a good life, I mean, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, just have a high value life, yeah, yeah, just having people around that um, you can resonate with, who are interested in what you've got going on, and you're invested in their life, is just you know a part of us being social creatures. So, um, the first topic we wanted to cover was where to actually meet new friends. Right, Savannah, where do you like to meet friends as an introvert? Okay, so what's worked for me is uh, volunteering. Um, all of my actually majority of my high value friends I met during university when we were all volunteering on 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 the same cause essentially and you know what's good about volunteering is that if you're somebody who initially struggles to make conversation with people it's really good because you have something to talk about um, because you're all there for the same reason um, and I think I mean it isn't always this is fucking boring um what do we think it's skip here there's only 70 to 30. We'll let it go like another minute and then I'll, I'll, because I'll go with what the will of the people volunteer for the wrong reasons. But um, people who volunteer, um, volunteer, they tend to be hardworking, um, empathetic, quite caring, and they tend to good have all the volunteer. qualities that would make someone a good friend. So that's what I found um, that really helped me at university, was just volunteering. Um, and it's great for development generally as well, both personally and professionally. So, um, And the good thing about volunteering is that, well, at least in the UK, it shouldn't actually cost you anything to volunteer. You should never be out of pocket if you're a volunteer. So, um, yeah, it's a great way to give back to the community and also to grow and to be within a community of, you know, like-minded people, people who share the same values as you do. Oops. Yeah. I think volunteering is a great way to meet women, especially because women are more likely than men to All volunteer. Right. It's a skip. Oh, yeah. It's a skip. These chicks are talking about volunteering. What a snooze fest. All right. That was episode 34 of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. We, we knocked another one out. Let's get to episode 35, which they stopped. They stopped uh, putting numbers on some of them in a confusing fashion. So uh, here is the next one titled... Before we get started, the queens I'd just like to tell are you- off to baggage reclaim with Natalie Liu. 
The Queens welcome Natalie Liu. Excuse me. Most famous as the creator of the extremely popular Baggage Recame blog, in addition to being a published author. Over the last 15 years, she's helped focused on helping women break the cycle of unhealthy relationships and the pattern of unhelpful habits. This sounds like a fucking another thing. Some recent changes we've made to our Patreon. We now have a Discord server that's exclusive for our Level Up and Queenship members. So if you'd like to chat directly with the hosts of this podcast this and make friends too. with other like-minded queens, sign up for our Patreon and select either the Level Up or Queenship tier. As okay, well as I'm skipping this one because the next episode is Barstool Sports Dave Portnoy. Let's roast this middle-aged blobfish. All right, so we're gonna. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I love you, man. Before but, we get, but uh, this is what the episode is going to be. We're going, we're, we're going one. Uh, so this would be episode thirty-five, thirty-three, thirty-six, actually. All right, so we did some damage here, knocked out four. Uh, so here we go, episode thirty-six. Of the female dating strategy podcast, Bar School Sports, Dave Portnoy, Los Roast This Middle-Aged Blobfish. Started, I'd just like to tell you about Let's some recent go. changes we've made to our Patreon. No. We now have don't a care. Discord server that's exclusive Do not for level care. Messiah. <laughs> Messiah. <laughs> Damn it. Other like... No, I just... Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy oh, Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on oh, the internet. Oh, so mean. I'm your host, Ro. And this is Savannah. They called Willa. me a scroat. So today, we're going to do one long extended roast to scroat of Dave Portnoy. Oh, shit. Scroat Grandpa. Yeah, he's the scroat Love prophet, Portnoy. I think. Scroat Messiah. <laughs> scroat Messiah, yeah. Here's a betting strategy, ladies. If the guy says he likes David Portnoy, that's a red flag. Absolutely. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he's a date rapist, probably. probably. We, we got to be careful about what we say because he's petty as fuck. And clearly Sue happy and vengeful. I mean, you're calling him a rapist, ladies. So, he's the type of guy to stick his lawyers after us. He he said in a video, like, I'm famous for holding a grudge. Honestly, okay. Can you imagine, though, if he did sue us, though? Like, how good that would be for FDS? Hell yeah. Right? <laughs> Blow up our brand. Like, that shit would make headlines. It absolutely would. Right? I hope he fucking sues us. Free publicity. Yeah, except for that you're it- anonymous, and then you'll get found out as being not anonymous, and you do not want that. Ladies. Attention to us, please. Yeah. Please pay us attention. Barstool Sports, give us free publicity. Sue us. I fucking dare you. Give women a reason to support us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if David Portnoy comes after us, can you imagine how much women would support us after that? Hell yeah. Yeah, so ladies, don't forget to sign up for our Patreon. We're going to need all the help we can get with no. our eventual uh, malicious slap lawsuit. Everyone just hates this slimy little blobfish. It's built like a colostomy bag. He's a 44-year-old middle-aged man who is creepy as shit. Probably a malignant narcissist. Probably. So what happened this I mean, past week was... Should we explain who he is or what he does? Oh, yeah. Let's go Let's go into that first. Yes, Dave Portnoy is. is the CEO of Barstool Sports. What the fuck is Barstool Sports other than just... What's Barstool Sports? Media for Huge media people. brand. Media for stupid people. That's all it is, really. But uh, it started out as a magazine, a sports-oriented magazine, and it expanded into uh, a more webzine over time. And then he started creating a network of podcasts, which includes podcasts like Call Her Daddy with Alex Cooper and Sophia Franklin. If you've been following all the drama with them, they recently had a falling out. But then there's just like other podcasts that are more sports oriented, like Pardon My Take, et cetera, et cetera. So it's basically a website for sports and smooth brain people and smooth brain people and a series of sports podcasts. But yeah, it's it's uniquely smooth brain because there's other and I'm a person that loosely smooth follows sports. Brain. I probably follow the NBA out of all the other major leagues. There's plenty of other websites that do sports commentary that are not as shit and scrody as Barstool Sports. Like specifically Barstool Sports in the sports world is known for being degenerate frat boy. It's like literally the lowest common denominator 
entertainment, really. Yeah, like drunken fat frat boys will probably date rape you. Is basically their brand. Oh my gosh! gosh. Oh my gosh! Is that they don't particularly like run away from that characterization. They sort of embrace it. Yeah, they embrace that with their whole heart. And what's sad about it is like. Dave Portnoy, he just does not look by any stretch of the imagination like he was the type of guy to really get girls before he got rich. In fact, he just looks like a garden variety incel. And he was married. That's uh-huh. surprising. Yeah, he was married for like 10 years before Barstool Sports really got big and he got really wealthy. And then he got, I don't know if they're officially divorced, but they've been separated for some time. And now he spends his free time messaging teenagers trying to do depraved, abusive sex at them. So the reason why David Portnoy is in the headlines these days is because Business Insider just came out with a what he calls a hit piece. So we're a year behind because this was last I just year. Call reporting or journalism about his fucked up sex life. The title of the article is "quote I was literally screaming in pain." End quote. Young women say they met Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy for sex, and it turned violent and humiliating. The author is Julia Black. Okay, so trigger warning on this. There's some graphic depictions of sexual violence. So. We're going to read from the Business Insider article. Viewer discretion is advised. So the article starts out, In the summer of 2020, Madison sent Barstool Sports founder David Portnoy a direct message on Instagram complimenting his famous one-bite pizza reviews. Sick pizza reviews, she wrote. Thanks, fly bitch. Portnoy responded. Is this how stupid people flirt? Like, is that how? <laughs> Honestly, it, it must be. be. I'm already bored of this man. Yeah, I'm already bored of this conversation. Anyways, she was a 20-year-old college student at the time, Portnoy, a 43-year-old multimillionaire. The conversation soon moved to Snapchat and text where it quickly turned the topic of sex. He sent her graphic videos of other women he'd slept with, according to Madison, and in messages reviewed by Insider, he pressed her to tell him about her sexual fantasies. So first of all, like, it's weird that he would send videos of him sleeping with other women to this girl, like sending her porn of himself. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck if he's out here just like sent, like distributing porn, both of himself and then the women he had sex with. Because the other question is, did the women he had sex with know that they were being filmed and that furthermore that he was distributing I'm it sure they knew they were being to filmed. random people he met on Instagram? Right. That's the other question that just occurred to me now that you brought it up. It's like, do these other women know they're being filmed and do they know that yes. he's distributing it? So the article continues. She know. says, I mean, actually, this one's kind of common, like a rape fantasy where I don't have any control of what's going on. And then he responds, you and I are going to get along so well. And she says, but I will say in order to do that one, I have to be pretty comfortable with you, Madison said. And Portnoy responds, of course. And then he bought her a first class plane ticket to visit him at his 2.2 million Nantucket home. She says the trip was a traumatic experience. She arrived at Portnoy's four bedroom home around 3 p.m., tired enough from her travels that she didn't mind when Portnoy told her that they would order. Business Insider is super shady, by the way. Pizza instead of going out. (laughs) <laughs> okay weird but okay it's like he doesn't even take her on a date he just orders some pizza exactly first right he just flew her first class like, i mean that's why we say don't do house dates yeah don't do house dates period i think that yeah, was don't go out of state for a day first red flag is that no there's so many flag. red flags before that but that's the first red flag of her physically being in his presence yeah true true lilith <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's so many red flags before that but <laughs> we'll get to that yeah but like that's deliberate, right? He doesn't want to be seen out with her. Yeah. Et cetera. So he's trying to keep her confined to the home. He's trying to keep her confined in the house where she's alone and isolated. Red flag. Huge fucking red flag. Anyways, still, she was surprised to find him nothing like his charismatic online persona. First of all, girl. Was he really that charismatic? Really? What charisma? I don't know. Maybe she like maybe she thought he was girl. a nice guy because he says he is. It's actually very common for like narcissistic or just shitty people in general to project this sort of online persona of them being so funny and relatable and likable. But then when you, well, that's what gets them popular online actually are alone with them behind closed doors. Their true self rears its ugly head. And I will say though, if they were talking about kink and BDSM again, as part of, I guess you can call it grooming, but as part of the getting to know you process, oftentimes, you know, these men are on their best sort of behavior and you think you bond over being into BDSM. Basically it gives you an artificial sense of, 
oh my gosh this person really gets me especially online as well i've heard some real horror stories um and i've had some as well of people connecting online over kink and then when they see the person in real life they're just totally different to what they expected so there's that too That's i don't know if you guys know this fish. but people lie on the internet wow really i had no idea crazy yeah and today i found out the pope is catholic wow <laughs> Breaking yeah. the water is wet. Right? So she says, still, he was surprised to find him nothing like his charismatic online persona. Quote, he was very rude. He wasn't funny at all. He just reminded me of a boring, grumpy old man. Well, yeah. He is a boring, grumpy old man. That's literally what he is. <laughs> That's literally what he is. He's a boring, grumpy old man. Like That's because what he is. Who's built like a sack of laundry. That's what this is. is an example of it not even being an insult. You're just describing him accurately. Yeah, that is who he is. And I'm wondering, I'm just wondering again, the disconnect between who he actually is, which seems fairly obvious to maybe like you and I and Savannah, but is not obvious to these girls and i wonder again it's probably that's why he picks women in this age group right 19 20 who don't have any type of experience who can't just who can't read this guy yet because those are the only women who don't have a grasp on who this man is i feel bad for this poor madison girl just because i i remember being 19 or 20 i actually had a sugar daddy when i was 19 and oh, reading this article you? is actually very hard for me because what she's describing was very similar to the way that my sugar daddy treated me and um we'll, we'll get into it later I'll, I'll we'll get there um Anyways, after dinner, they started kissing. Madison said she first became uncomfortable and Portnate pulled out his phone and started filming her without asking permission as she performed oral sex on him. Quote, I never said anything. I was scared. He was just so mean. Yeah, so that's a felony, first of all. Like, yeah, filming someone performing a sex act on you without their permission is, yeah, illegal, right? And it's surprisingly common as well. Like, shock. Well, what is she has to, I mean, obviously, it sounds like she didn't want to do it after the fact, but when you have to ask, I think it's just she would say, I don't want you to do this, right? Um common i don't know why guys do that it's just why he deliberately i know is probably trying to collect evidence to blackmail these girls and also you think he's blackmailing her because he knows he does things that are borderline very very borderline it can absolutely be qualified as sexual assault that he does this in order to get himself think, plausible deniable. or he films it just to be like See, it's so not. this is definitely like that scrody um like red pill manosphere type behavior where they're like oh i'm gonna film girls when i have sex with them to prove the sex was consensual so he's both doing this for his own like collection which yeah, like she flew to his house clearly sends to other women unprompted to add to his trophy collection to add to his trophy collection which he sends to random people apparently but also as blackmail evidence yeah so the filming without the consent yeah it has three functions one as a trophy of their fucking sexually depraved shit two as blackmail if the girl ever comes forward or if basically it's like an insurance policy for when he does something violent or fucked up to her later he can just pull out that video and either threaten her for it and then three uh, use it as evidence that, oh, it wasn't rape. Look at her consensually blowing me kind of thing. And groom other girls, maybe four, to send it to other girls to help groom them. Exactly, yeah. So the, the filming without permission has four predatory functions, essentially. The article continues, from there, things escalated until, as Madison put it, I felt like I was just a human sex doll. Two days later, Madison texted a close friend. It was so rough. I felt like I was being raped. He videotaped me and spit in my mouth and choked me so hard I couldn't breathe. She wrote in messages viewed by Insider and it hurt and I was literally screaming in pain. She recalled crying and shouting too much, too much and it hurts. It was so painful, Madison said. I kept trying to get away and he was like, stop running away from me. Stop running away from me. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, okay, the stop running away from me is what rapists say, right? If you don't want people to think you're a rapist, then don't act like a rapist. So I've, I've actually experienced this before. I've, I've experienced like wanting to get away from a guy and he just like bear arms you or tries to chase you. And it's, it's fucking weird because you're in a position where there's nowhere for you to go. Right. And especially she's in a city she doesn't understand. He has all the leverage in the situation. He's well known. It's, you know, there's, she has like literally zero power in this situation. The power dynamics of this interaction are just terrifying. Yeah, so. she's an idiot. She fucking flew to his house. Um, but Portnoy, she said, just went hard harder. 
Madison's flight home wasn't until two days later, so she slept on Portnoy's couch both nights. They did not have sex again. David Portnoy makes no secret of the fact that he likes to have sex with young women and to push the boundaries of what is considered socially acceptable. In many ways, that image is at the core of the brand that has made him one of the wealthiest and most powerful figures in digital media. There are the rape jokes, his reputed use of the N-word on camera, and his harassment of female journalists. So he has a long history of just being a generally shitty person. And for not wanting to take accountability for his questionable behavior. Yeah, like that is his brand, is being a rapey squirrel. Quite literally. We're reading an article that's literally describing rape. And I know that the, I don't know, about that, I, mean, but... I don't know what the legalities of like uh, alleging someone is committed, has committed a crime, right? So I know the article itself kind of skirts around it. It doesn't flat out call him a rapist or an assault, you know, that he assaulted her. But it's, the description is pretty clear. Allegedly assaulted. Yeah. And, and oh. let's be clear, I have like... I swear to God. Do we know? Was, in, was this proven anything? Because this would have been here. Pierre ass all day long. I don't give a shit. I, I feel like a lot I mean, of... I know he's suing them right now. He has no legal charges or women get intimidated out of actually talking to these guys on their level because they feel like, well, I don't want to be like called a bitch or like a, you know, or a cat lady or a femcel or whatever. We, again, we came from Reddit. Our skin is so we came thick. From it's crusted Reddit. over. Reddit <laughs> army, rise up! We have scales. We have we have literal crocodile scales. We have fucking armor. Our skin is so thick uh-huh. it become armor. So we can roast this girl all day. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he'll sue us. What he'll probably do is make a post on like Twitter, or Instagram, or some shit, and tell his followers like, "Oh, like go after these fem cells or whatever." Like, bitch, we don't care. Like, bitch, we deal with that every fucking day. We deal with scrotes attacking us every day. Go ahead, Savannah. Sorry. And ultimately, like. They can roast us, but it's not us who are DMing 19-year-old women to basically be sexually rough with them. I mean, she DM'd him. Like, however way you slice it, that behavior is pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. If, if, if a man can't get women his own age... In his own city? He can get women his own age. <laughs> Do you think that he goes for younger women because he can't? get women his own age uh, he's defective he's he's def- if he has to fly them out from another city like what the fuck Damn, is- sometimes these chicks have just no idea how the world works wrong with you <laughs> what's wrong with you and bro spoke about this actually but <laughs> but we said like if somebody's own people like if it's state or country doesn't want them they're defective if the factory doesn't want something it's a defective product you don't go near it you might as well just toss it out if this factory rejects he probably already has a rep in his town for sure my other point and i made this on twitter is again he has just dms are probably just non-stop like thousands of girls like this who would do this I, i feel like social media gives these guys a level of plausible deniability that they're specifically seeking out teenagers because before social media, guys like this would have to hang out at the local high school in their van and wait for the kids to leave so they could holler at girls leaving high school or at the food court at the mall or some kind of public space where it's very clear and obvious that they're there specifically to pick up on teenagers. And so like the optics of that and the creep factor of that becomes very, very obvious versus like... So this is like the internet version of that. Yeah, this is the inter- an internet version of the creepy townie guy, the, the creepy middle-aged townie guy who lives in a van. Yeah, the creepy middle-aged townie guy who owns a private jet and is worth $300 million. Who you shows up guy? to all the like high school functions still, right? Or like uh, hang- or still hits on freshman girls in college, even though he graduated literally 23 years ago. Yeah, the internet gives him three too more much likes. of a cover. Come but it, this, is, this is that same behavior. So the article goes on. Since 2019, he appeared in three sex dates that have leaked online. The stock price of Barstool's parent company plunged after the most recent video in which he violently chokes a woman using a collar and a leash. And that was the kind of stories that uh, Insider, Business Insider, which is owned by this guy Henry Blodgett or started, who was banned for life from from trading, I believe, or investing stuff, something along along those lines, did this all intentionally and shorted the the stock to make... Portnoy and the woman said the encounter was consensual. So two things about that. Uh, first of all, again, how do these things, quote unquote, leak? Either the 
either he leaked them or the woman leaked it's them. It's Business right? Insider or- was trying to tank the price of the of the stock. And again, I have a very good idea right now that they're going to go with the women don't have agency thing, which is often we hear that where whenever something goes the other way, they go, yeah, women, they, she couldn't have agreed. She didn't have any agency. We'll see if that's where we go with. Actually, he could have sent it to some other girl and then she leaked it. But the, but the question is always like he's taking all these videos that he has and then distributing them to people without the knowledge and prior consent of the Shout person. Out to who's in the video. So the article goes on. For years, Portnoy has managed to escape scrutiny. His behavior and comments weren't just accepted. They were expected. A 2020 Barstool documentary series produced by the media company features Portnoy forcefully digitally penetrating a sex doll while donning a tuxedo, later declaring himself the finger king. For many, David Portnoy that's is funny. a hero, but some in his orbit, particularly women, have told insiders that they felt as though he abused his fame and power and put them in compromising positions. I mean, the CEO of Barstool Sports is Insider spoke with more than two dozen people with direct experience with Portnoy and Barstool, including eight current or former employees. Some women, as young as 19, who had no professional connection to Portnoy, recounted having sexually explicit online exchanges with him. Three of these women said they had sex with Portnoy, now 44, and that the encounters turned into frightening and humiliating experiences that have taken a toll on their mental health. Two, including Madison, said Portnoy both choked and filmed them without advanced permission. Another, who had depression, said she was suicidal after the two had sex. Damn, imagine being so fucking bad at sex. <laughs> imagine being so bad at sex that the woman becomes suicidal after. I mean, just being, like, subjecting them to violence. I mean, the thing about this discussion is he's just normalized the idea that if a woman has sex with you, he's allowed to punch, beat, choke, spit on you and shit. Like, the fuck? It is assault to hit, punch, spit, and choke people without their prior explicit agreement and consent. And it can be withdrawn at any time. Even if they consent, I st- it's still assault. It's still assault to me. I actually, it's still assault. What? I'm going to get into this later, but I'm now of the view that it actually is irrelevant. I mean, again, I've said this before, but I've never brought up choking a woman, but it gets it gets brought up quite a bit, ladies. To me, if the woman consents to it, the fact that the man even wants to do that to begin with means he is a predator. It just means that he's found what? a good, He's just selected a good victim. Highly problematic. No, this is most chicks. I agree. I mean, we 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 take that position across the board that any guy that's into BDSM is probably a screw. I'm just saying, from a legal standpoint, there's no difference between the fact that he does this during sex versus if he just did this to a woman with her clothes on, right? What's the difference? Because she didn't she didn't explicitly say this. She didn't explicitly ask for this. And there's a lot of evidence that they've all provided evidence that she said no, she didn't want to do this. So he just assaulted her. He just he just gave her a violent beatdown. Article continues. She said she was suicidal after the two had sex, and all three were afraid to speak out, fearing retaliation from the media mogul and his rabid fan base. This article uses pseudonyms chosen by Insider, which is aware of the women's real identities. Quote, I know how he is when someone goes after him, said the second woman, who said she was both choked and filmed without advance permission. She asked not to have the specific details of her experience publicly revealed, freeing harassment from Portnoy or his fans. Insider spoke to someone with whom the woman shared details of her rough sex with Portnoy. Quote, I thought he would say something in public or share videos with me. So let's be clear. He's already established the precedence of sharing videos and also taking the videos without their prior knowledge and consent. And once this piece dropped, he's been on Twitter telling his fans, telling his fans, ignoring the advice of his lawyers. He literally says, my lawyers don't want me to say anything, but I'm just going to come on here off the cuff because he's a dumbass and a narcissist, first of all. But he goes on there and starts to try to dig up all this information and all the journalists. And uh, he's alleging that the reason this this piece came out is because of uh, business insiders trying to tank the stock of his company, of his parent company, and that this is basically a, a political hit with financial gain for or business insider. And all of that may or may not be true, but it doesn't detract from his specific behavior. And his specific behavior is using all of his crazy minions to harass the journalists, to harass any woman that speaks out against this, to harass business insiders. He's actually behaving exactly how right now on Twitter, and he's been doing it for 24 hours in the manner in which these women were talking about in this article that made them afraid to come forward. Yeah. So 
the fact that he's confirmed. Well, I mean, the fact is, is it true or is it not I mean, true? The what content happened? of this article. To I'm me, sure if you were in his position and it was not true, then you probably would would do that. And also, the journalists have their, you know, their news outlets. Lends more credibility to what these victims are saying. I don't think they call it rape, but they did. He did do these violent sexual acts towards them and is fully capable of leaking the video against their consent and then sending people to harass them which is what he's doing right now and he's he's calling himself grudge dave and saying that he's not going to be canceled etc 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 he's he's acting like an unhinged asshole on twitter right now yeah he even said in one of the videos like i'm famous for having a grudge i'm famously someone who holds a grudge or something along those lines and first of all i think the, the sort of people who brag about the fact that they hold a grudge are like the lamest fucking people ever like they say it as if it's supposed to be intimidating like they're trying to be intimidating and i just see that i'm like you're just a fucking pathetic loser. People yeah, who hold, hold a grudge like that are. are mentally unwell and probably like sociopaths or psychopaths or narcissists. Like there's something cognitively wrong with them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to skip past some of his articles just talking about like some scrody things that he's done. It's basically the history of Barstool. And it's just all he did was like get a bunch of scantily clad women to steal his magazine. Yeah. All he did was start a multi hundred million dollar media empire. Just, you know, whatever. And clickbait and shit like that. It's just like a lad mag, but just bottom barrel. Not, it doesn't even pretend to be classy like Playboy used to be. Wait, I want to read this part of the article. So the environment reflected in their company's irreverent attitude. Fortnite didn't just court controversy, he relished in it. As he became increasingly known for going against the grain, fans who felt alienated by modern day woke culture turned to him as the antidote. <laughs> so take a 2017 episode of the podcast Barstool Radio, during which Portnoy seems to defend the hypothetical casting couch scenario in which Harvey Weinstein says to a struggling actress, hey, if you sleep with me, I'm going to put you in a starring role. Quote, no force, just a question, the Barstool founder said. Do you have a problem with that trade? Okay, okay, okay. Let I mean, obviously that did, that did happen. Let me stop here and say it is illegal in all 50 states, and I'm guessing Canada and the UK, to require sex as a condition of employment, period. Period. It's it's disgusting that men don't see a... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is she so naive that she doesn't think that women were kind of doing this as well? They were part of this transaction? Problem with this? Because this is clearly employer abuse. You can't do that. Imagine if you worked at fucking Microsoft and they're like, oh, you can't get a job unless you suck my dick. If like you're... you're, you're whoa. Coming, or eat your pussy. Coming out of Stanford Jeez, or MIT ladies. and you're like... And um, Bill Cates rolls up and is like... You got to suck my dick if you want a job here. You can't do that shit. But like, men don't see it as that. They, like, they see it as an even exchange. You want to be an engineer? Time to eat some Melinda Gates puss. Or like, uh, or that um, they're doing these women a favor instead of workplace exploitation. Yeah, they don't even see it as coercion, which it is. It is coercion. Right, exactly. And and Yeah, but it's blame, also like, untalented people kind of getting the leg up by doing something unethical and shady. And for this, because there will always be people who are desperate enough to do any job because the world is fucked up, man. Like, the world is really difficult. We know people get sex traffic. We know people end up being forced into lit literal slavery in some countries because um, of just, like, just abject poverty. So when you have employers who take advantage of that, they are purposely exploiting poverty. Right. That's why we have things like minimum wage, because otherwise they pay nothing. And we have employment laws and the conditions in which your employers can treat you and OSHA and all these laws <sighs> that require employers to uphold a certain standard of care. And this is just completely unacceptable. And I don't like this argument that gets that keeps being pushed by these psychopath like men that it's a trade. Like, no, no, no. This is employment abuse. Let's be clear about that. So the article continues. In 2010, Pornoy infamously wrote a blog post defending an Australian man who'd been acquitted of raping a 24 year old woman on the so-called skinny jeans defense. He says, I never condone rape, but if you're a size six and you're wearing skinny jeans, you kind of deserve to be raped, Portnoy wrote. The post has since been removed from Barstool's site, but just this May, Portnoy told the Fox News host Tucker Carlson that that was only one part of the statement that he regretted. I thought size six was like size 20, he said. I had my measurements screwed up and I wasn't on top of that. <laughs> what? 
that. So to him, the only part of that call that he regrets that he got the measurements wrong. Gosh, I'm speechless. I'm actually speechless. Oh my god. He's such a scrot. Okay, so roast this scrot, ladies. Exactly what fans and some colleagues say they love most about him. <laughs> I love the fact that he's such a piece of shit. Anyways, the big thing about him is that he's very truthful. <laughs> truthful. Can you imagine? See, the thing about this, and we've really tested the limits of men's tolerance of this. They love free speech until it's us. Interesting that. I, I wonder if he's going to come after us and be like, oh, no. they're lying about me. Well, hey, we're just being truthful. Yeah, this is just us being honest. Yeah, we're just being honest here. Portal. Well, look at that, because he didn't come after you. He allowed you to be I mean, honest. People love us for I know holds barred skirt dragging. So exactly. So I'm curious to see how what's going to be the response to this episode. Nothing. So. He looks like a leather shoe because he's always like tanned, right? He looks like, like the guy. Get him. Yeah, yeah he now wear we're any talking. Ever, and he's got so many sunburns that he's going to look like a fucking leather couch by the time he's 50. Oh, in the <laughs> sights. Uh, says Portnoy's longtime friend and Barstool podcast host, Elio Imbornorne. I don't know. Um, you might not want to hear exactly what he wants to say, but he says what he believes. And you've got to respect that. Why? Well, like a man could have the worst beliefs. Like I think I should be entitled to rape women and then say that out loud. And men will be like, wow, he's so honest. He really speaks from the heart. No, we don't have to respect everyone's beliefs. Yeah. No, we don't. Like he has bad beliefs and he expresses those and those deserve to be criticized. I don't respect that like at all. Anyways, still not everyone at Barstool is free to broadcast their opinions. In 2018, Portnoy removed two posts that cast a sympathetic light on Brett Kavanaugh's sexual assault accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, citing Barstool's no politics policy, but left other posts on the hearings in place. Two years later, amid Black Lives Matter protests, Portnoy told his content team in an email reviewed by Insider, Quote, if anybody wants to write about politics or mentions white privilege or BLM on either side of the fence, it must be approved by me and only me. Nobody else has the authority to publish anything. End quote. He told them not to bother asking Barstool's editor-in-chief, Keith Markovich, ask me. <laughs> what? What is that? That is weird. You're not allowed his fucking thing. to express an opinion he doesn't agree with. He's, he, I mean, he, he's on here ranting on the internet against the expressed advice of his legal team. So this is a soft brain man. Critics of Barstool, both within and outside the company, told inside... Soft brain man, one year later, only doing better. ...that there's a real risk to speaking out. The online community of stoolies, as Barstool's fan... First of all, stoolies? Really? All of his fans could be represented by the little poop emoji. That's like the mental image I have. Stoolies, as Barstool fans call themselves, have waged harassment campaigns against detractors. These have included death threats, doxing, online harassment, and targeting of people's families, friends, and workplaces. Bob Murchison, a private equity investor with no pro- professional connection to Barstool, first began tracking Barstool's content in 2019 after it hired a radio host with a history of transphobic comments. Murchison, who has a transgender son, has taken it upon himself to privately warn advertisers of what he perceives to be the company's transphobic, misogynist, and racist content. In 2019, a Barstool employee shared a tweet containing Murchison's cell phone number and email address. His home address was posted on fan-read message boards. In response, Stooley sent Murchison death threats and packages, including one with an object meant to look like a bomb and another containing feces stage That's a quote, funny. prayer vigil in his hometown that was also attended by barstool employees contacted organizations with which he was affiliated to make false claims of criminal activity against him and showed up to his house where they filmed videos of their trespassing which they later posted online quote i reached out to erica nardini barstool ceo and barstool counsel several times asking them to address this horrific behavior murchison told insider their responses left me with the impression that the harassment would only be stopped if i agreed to stop my criticism of their content i believe the harassment was intended to intimidate and silence me Nardini did not respond to our request for comment. Portnoy de- declined to get involved, saying on, quote, Barstool Radio in 2019, this Murchison guy, he sounds like a crazy person. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to war with someone I've literally never said a word to. Right, because he has his flying monkeys going out there. Yeah, he's no need to respond because he's got his flying monkeys to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this spring, Nantucket Magazine featured a glowing crow. I mean, I would say that the female dating strategy chicks probably have their own flying monkeys that they can go sick after somebody. 
They know what's Portnoy, up. Including a cover shot with Portnoy lounging in the ocean atop a rosé floaty. After readers complained about being offended by Portnoy's inclusion given his history of misogynistic and racist comments, the magazine issued an apology. Racist. Portnoy went on the attack, telling Page Six that the Nantucket magazine editors were quote, spineless jellyfish who are held hostage by the whims of the vocal minority. So this loud, brash, offensive white dude, you can sum up almost the rest of this article. Loud, brash, offensive white dude is mad that he can't say loud, brash, offensive white dude things. And not be criticized for it. Like, he still can say all those things, but he's just going to get criticized. Yeah. And as the article goes on, um, oh, no, here's here's the bad part. Okay, okay, okay. Last July, a young woman, Allison, was at her family's home on Nantucket. She just graduated from high school. According to several people on the island, Portnoy was a celebrity on Nantucket. Recent high school graduates from wealthy New England towns would try to land an invitation to Portnoy's house while summering on the island. The reputation on the island is that he is a god and a king and a, and kind of untouchable, Allison said. And everyone wants to get into his house for parties. So so I just want to point out, this is the behavior I was talking about in our uh, in our episode we did about how to level up your pick me friends. This is kind of <laughs> what you're going to read. What's going to happen in the rest of this article is like the perfect illustration of how your pick me friends can sometimes put you in really fucked up situations. Allison's sister, Olivia, who'd recently graduated from college, told Insider that some of her friends were sending Portnoy direct messages attempting to get the mogul's attention, but he, quote, wasn't giving them the time of day. Then they realized that her 19-year-old sister, Allison, might be more his type. They said, you should reach out to him. He likes younger girls. Ugh. And he completely How old are they? 21? He was much more interested in her than any of my 22-year-old friends. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm 26, so I guess I'm too old for David Portnoy. I'm practically uh, practically an old crone. Practically geriatric, Lilith. <laughs> practically geriatric, yeah. Good, thank God. Allison sent Portnoy a message telling him she was on the island and would love to see him. He invited her over to his house and he asked him, and she asked him whether she could come by with a couple of friends. And what's, what's interesting about this is that it's the legal age of alcohol consumption in the United States is 21 everywhere. So, what, yeah, what's he doing inviting over 19? What are you, the biggest fucking dweebs on earth? What, you never drank when girls you were drink. below? Yeah, the... girls who are under the age of 21 specifically, because this entire paragraph describes the fact that he was across the board, not interested in any of her 22-year-old friends, but specifically interested in the 19-year-old friend, which makes yeah, no sense start because 19-year-olds can't legally drink. So why would you invite girls who oh, can't even drink a to a house party? Because he's a predator. That's why. Right. He's a predator. Exactly. She asked him whether she could come by with a couple of friends and he responds, while we fuck, seems weird. Portnoy wrote in a message viewed by Insider. Allison responded, nah, they don't mind. Okay, weird, but okay. Portnoy told Allison he didn't like her friends messaging him, then wrote, I'm not cool with your friends coming, sorry. Allison called off a meetup, unwilling to go alone. So the fact that he wanted her to be alone is a red flag, is another red flag so that he could isolate her. Like he couldn't violently rape her with her friends in the other room, right? Like if, if he tried to do, he probably knew that he couldn't do sexually what he wanted to do without her screaming in pain and her friends coming to help her. And that's why he didn't want her friends to come along. So isolation, right? This is the type of thing that skirts do. He's looking specifically for underage girls why and he's looking to isolate these all. girls. And that's why it bothers me when scrotes are like, well, there's no proof that he did it. Like, predators and rapists, they don't rape people where they can be seen. That's the whole point. They do it when the victim... Is she accusing him of raping her? I don't even know if that's happening. Isolated or when they're alone, so there's no witness, so they can get away with it. That's sort of the point of being a criminal. Criminals don't want to get caught. Just scrote logic with that one. Scrote logic! Okay, this gets bad. I just read ahead. Um, About a week later, though, she messages him again this time the two agreed to meet up in the afternoon i was definitely pushed by my friends said allison allison recalled sitting blaming by the, the friends not her, her fault melon and friends. water he asked her which school she went to and which grade she was in that's disgusting <laughs> is she in high school he's like what grade are you in oh i'm in grade 12 like that's gross anyways i mean he's that's what i'm saying like it's the specificity of the way that he operates he likes high school girls exactly he's really trying to skirt that uh, that line of legality on purpose and there's nothing materially different between a 19 year old and a 22 year old as far as like physical like development per se this is like a specific 
this, I mean, this is R. Kelly status, basically. Like, he's seeking out a specific No, R. Kelly was, like, literally children. Graphic of girl. For the express intention of sexual exploitation. Yeah, like, a 19-year-old and a 22-year-old are not that physically different, but cognitively, it's, like, night and day. Like, when I was 19, I was, like, so like naive and like idealistic and much more easy to manipulate by the time i was 22 i'd had so many bad experiences with men that i was a lot less easy to manipulate so that's probably why anyways he leaned in and started kissing me and i didn't know what to do at that point she added we went upstairs and he was really aggressive and i didn't know what to do and we had sex and that was it and he kicked me out wow allison said her memories were fuzzy because of her emotional distress surrounding the event <coughs> i wonder if he drugged her like my memories are fuzzy because i was stressed out now it's probably because he roofied her um because of her emotional okay. distress surrounding the event but like madison she said portnoy choked her he kept spitting in my mouth, which was really gross, said Allison. Yeah. I was kind of scared. I didn't want to disappoint him. A little over... Oof. That line, I was scared and I didn't want to disappoint him, feels like a punch to the gut. Because as I'm reading this article, I'm actually feeling sort of triggered because my brain is going back to the abject terror of being in a hotel room alone with a 40-something-year-old man after he's spent thousands of dollars taking me on a vacation and I'm in a foreign city where I don't speak the language and feeling like I have to do whatever he wants or else uh, something bad is going to happen. And like thinking, oh, well, he's, he pays my rent. He's paid for this vacation. Like I have to do whatever he wants. But that's the thing. These guys do that on purpose. They try to isolate you. So you feel obligated to go along with whatever type of sexual depravity they've already planned out. Like this is, this is a specific act of a predator. They, they specifically set these scenarios up expressly for that aim. This is not like, oh, I randomly met a girl at a bar or I randomly met it. Cause I mean, you're in a transaction with this guy where you're. Like, you know, what do you think you are providing for this? You wouldn't meet these girls at a bar because naive. they're not of like, age. So that's that's the first thing. That's one thing, actually. He wouldn't meet these girls out because, again, there's no reason for a middle-aged man to be hanging around high schoolers. Yeah, because, you know, a 19-year-old has never gotten to a bar before. Or girls who just graduated high school or even college kids, for that matter, because he's 44. It's just there's easier. literally no reason for them for him to be over there. Like, maybe if you went to see a game at a college campus, you could have some kind of plausible deniability, but he's not even doing that. So this guy is just creating a scenario to set up the expressed type of sexual predation he wants like this is not an accident this is a deliberate like hunting strategy he's on the hunt they're so, messaging out, him over an hour later allison's friends picked her up one of the young women who was in the car told inside of the not trying to be like some crazy portnoy apologist but like they're just totally mixing up the whole scenario here they're messaging him now if you say he should not respond to them but he's not initiating Allison was them. uncharacteristically quiet she was clearly almost in shock she said she basically couldn't talk the next day allison's mother told insider Allison does not describe what happened to her as sexual assault, but said she was still deeply disturbed by the experience. I just felt very preyed on, she says. <sighs> okay. I'm trying to th find the words to say, to describe how I'm feeling about this right now. Screw and up. I want to say that a lot of the stuff that I did when I was a sugar baby, I technically consented to all of those acts, but they traumatized me nevertheless, right? What does that mean so that's technically why... consented? Like there's like a caveat where they just, they want, they want to not take, I guess, responsibility for it. You know, like they want to be legally an adult, but then they also don't legally want to be an adult when they say stuff like that. With FDS, we really reinforce this idea that consent alone is not enough. If there's coercion or power dynamics with the age gap, with um, just like... So what are you saying? Only women should only date men who are what? Older and poorer. Is that the only? Is that it? Sex when she or younger and poorer. I guess. wasn't expecting it. I still considered that bad. I mean, it's straight. It is assault. The only reason why the lines are blurred is because this is a, an, a propagation of rape culture under the guise of sex positivity. This is still rape and this is still assault. And the problem is, is because... And if you call it rape, they say it's kink shaming. Exactly. That's been the problem. But the problem is, is this has been so normalized. And when we talk about like sex or um, casual sex, this has become a... Um, a normal part of interact, or at least in men. I mean, if it was up to these chicks, like 
50 percent of guys would mind especially these porn sick guys minds this becoming normal part of the sexual contract and sexual interaction that this is no longer unusual behavior and so they don't see this as assault they see this as like this is just a kink that some girls have and the, and since there's so many pick that try to pretend like they can take all this abuse without uh, it's like they brag about how much the abuse they can take without setting boundaries including people like tracy clark flory those lines are constantly being blurred and it's no longer a kink or like or a taboo or something that's outside of mainstream sex it is sex now this is sex it's and it's a it's a tragedy because it's not sex it's assault and ultimately women are the collateral damage in this you see stories like this unfortunately all the time in just within the bdsm community and the thing is that because there's so much emphasis on you know consent they sort of you know miss the you know the other aspects that there's too much emphasis on consent asexual interaction a consensual activity so for example if you've got someone screaming in pain or someone who you know for example visibly looks uncomfortable it shouldn't matter that they technically consented to having sex at all yes get your goddamn stiletto off my ball you know that should be okay she's not you know she's screaming in pain she's uncomfortable let's stop but there's just so much emphasis on you know well she said yes she agreed to it and consent is an ongoing thing it's constantly live you need to constantly or you should be 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 constantly checking if it's still there and i'm not gonna for example let these guys off the hook in that they don't know what consent looks like they absolutely know what consent looks like at the end of the day if dave portnoy was confronted with a six foot four guy he wanted to fuck him up the ass he would quickly say no and he knows what that looks like he knows what being uncomfortable looks like but they just rely on women being gaslit and told that you know well you consented so you've got nothing to complain about and in the video rebuttal that we that we'll talk about in a bit that's all he really has to say it was 100 percent consensual he doesn't actually deny that he did any of the the depraved acts that he's accused of he never denies it but he just says you know well it was consensual i hate how the was, phrase like... well she consented to it is almost used as a form of victim blaming now Absolutely, because because the other thing. Well, is you're too, trying to blame- say he's a criminal. Literally, you're trying to be like this dude is a criminal. He's a, a rapist, and he's like, yeah. I'm- the one thing that doesn't make me a criminal I'd like to bring up in my defense, it please. consent to literally anything. And that's what these guys are deliberately obscuring, right? They'll just say she consented. I'm like, did she literally consent to being choked and spit on? Or you? she said, I like rough sex, and you took liberties, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you supposed to do? You, it's a feeling out process. When a woman thinks this is one of the most cooked conversations, she's probably thinking of like, you know, that you're ripping off each other's clothes, maybe some like really hard pounding and stuff. She's not thinking of him like punching her in the face or being fucking strangled within an inch of her life. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why, like, if you're going to literally physically assault somebody during a sex act, it is still sexual assault. And you still, at minimum, need to ask explicitly for those behaviors. And I'll just say as well that I'm not sure if even women can give informed consent because, you know, from personal experience, a lot of, you know, women and even men, they underestimate just how strong they are. So you might be consenting to being, I don't know, for example... um, Spanked or something. Yeah, exactly. But they do it with such force, it can literally take your breath away. And you're, and then you're literally there thinking, oh shit, this guy is super, super strong. Um, especially liberal feminists that like to believe that men and women are physically the same. We're absolutely not. Do not underestimate the strength of a man. Especially yeah, you got to kind of know what you're doing there. Because it can literally knock you, it, it can literally take your breath away as well. It can literally kill you. With that in mind, can they really, I mean, can they really truly consent if they're not even aware of how strong this guy is because it isn't what? like they say okay you can tap me on the ass a little bit these guys just go 100 i mean generally you do it and they go okay that was too hard and you go okay sorry. and the woman's not expecting it as well so with that in mind i don't really think anyone can 
it isn't informed consent if you don't fully know what you're going into. It really angers me that quote unquote sex positive culture has become like a veneer of respectability to perpetuate rape culture. Like what they call sex positivity is not even sex positivity, it's rape positivity. I mean, it's just equality. Is women want to be equal, so then we need them to be equal in everywhere. Exactly. It's fine if we admit and that it's, they're it's, not. It's, it's, it's bad board, enough but... coming from these type of like obviously low barrel degenerate scrotes, but I think they're part of the. What was that term right there? Sorry, we're going to have to just back it up just a second. Angers me that quote unquote sex positive culture has become like Did a. I say low barrel degenerate scrotes? A veneer of respectability to perpetuate rape culture. Like what they call sex positivity is not even sex positivity, it's rape positivity. Exactly. And it's 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 bad enough coming from these type of like obviously low barrel degenerate scrotes, but I think they're part low barrel degenerate scrotes. Okay, that is what I thought. The groundswell of support that FDS has enjoyed because there's a lot of women who are really, really getting tired of this narrative being also pushed by women who purport to be feminist thought leaders because it gives them it just it's like they some of the stuff that they've published as quote unquote feminist has been very irresponsible and the way that they describe these kinds of ideas and the way that they describe these acts and quite frankly i think some of these women are probably recovering from abuse or using it to self-abuse themselves so they've been giving a platform to disseminate these ideas without context without examination of the men who are into kink and even now when we say that like men who are into bdsm are probably trash like they they deliberately ignore the fact that. that we talk about the men in this scenario and the motivations behind it and then say we're being sex negative and that we don't think women can make their own choices. And we're not the only people who've been dragged. And, and it's not been like one magazine or one set of people who's dragged us for this. It's like between Vice or The Verge or um, Jezebel, et cetera. They've all come out with the same narrative that us critiquing the entire BDSM normalization and the culture around that is a problem. And they're swinging back at us like we don't think women can make choices. We think women can make choices, but this is just a poor one for all of the reasons we're describing. Maybe they're poor it's choices. A, again, certainly. it's another form of like low-key victim blaming where it's like, we're talking about men being predatory and they're and they turn it back on the women and say oh so you're saying women can't make any choices for themselves well, are you telling me women shouldn't have any agency it's just darvo they're, they're just flipping the script in like the most misogynistic way possible i just think darvo. they're pygmies here's the problem pygmies are a fucking problem i hate like, pygmies so much like why <laughs> this is like my 50th rant probably this year I fucking pick me. So why? So speaking of like all of the a bunch of the bars to employees like the girls from chicks in the office and some other podcast about like um like smoking or whatever they went on twitter to like oh i have known dave for a year now and i'm sure of his character etc cetera, etc cetera. it's like first of all no you don't you've known the man barely a year and then there's also like reports of these same girls of dave telling them like you're not fuckable enough or you're not hot enough to their face that's so sad oh my god most of these girls are like in oh their late god. teens or early 20s and he disrespects the shit out of them to their face and yet he's they still felt the need to get on twitter and defend this man i'm like for what sis you're gonna do- torpedo your career anywhere outside of this ecosystem everyone thinks you're a dingbat now like you better for the rest of your life hope these like very fickle antagonistic bros these girls probably still all work want to keep supporting sports. your career and your podcast because nobody else is i actually cannot fathom having so little self-respect that some creepy old man would tell me to my face like oh you're 26 you're too old and not fuckable and then turning around and defending that guy when he goes after much much younger women like i actually cannot fathom and he said it on video and, and they cried and i was like girl where's your self-respect girl! yeah i actually don't know what it's like to hate myself that much completely unfathomable to me like i don't get it so it's like they're already knee-jerk defending this guy who won't defend them when it comes down to it secondly like they're not going to get that much out of barstool three they probably are torpedoing their their career outside of barstool so they're taking all this risk to die in a sword for a man who wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire i want to continue with this article because it actually gets worse um oh, so she says but wait, there's I more. Very upon 
Soon after Allison's encounter with Portnoy, two photos, a selfie Allison had taken with Portnoy and a photo her friend took of her leaving his house, began to circulate the island. Both were posted on private Snapchats by Allison's friend, but were then screenshotted and shared widely. Before long, it felt as though the entire island knew what had transpired between Allison But your fucking friend did that! Allison, who had depression, said she felt stressed and overwhelmed following her sexual encounter with Portnoy and the subsequent attention it got. Quote, I guess yeah, it that was kind suck. of my breaking point, Allison said. Three nights after having sex with Portnoy, Allison was suicidal and was hospitalized. Where she was in the hospital, her mother began going through her phone, trying to understand what had happened. After finding Portnoy's messages, Allison's mother called the Nantucket Police Department. Yes! Yes! I'm so... Allison's mom, if you're out there listening, I want you to know you're a queen. She's not. Queen. Hell yeah. Allison's mom does not listen to this trash. Come on, get over yourself. So she told the police, go... She's more likely watching this. <laughs> She's more likely watching this live than listening to that. Don't put somebody outside his door because you're going to see every day there's some girl being dropped off. Insider viewed police departments confirming this call. Her mother wanted to pursue some sort of legal action against Portnoy, but Allison refused. Girl, why? Girl, why? Uh, she says, I knew he would drag me through the mud. That's so sad. And again, women know that if they speak out against him, that he's going to destroy them. And so, look, again, if something truly we- criminal happened, then you should press charges. And it probably does suck to have to go through the process. But this is the privilege doesn't... of anonymity. I feel like it is our duty <laughs> and our responsibility to drag this fucking guy because other women are drag too scared him. to do so. We're feminist mercenaries in this bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the article goes on. He talks about how he's so uncancelable. It says in 2016, Erica Nardini beat out 74 men to become Barstool's new CEO, and she brought with it with her an influx of high-level female executives. The company began to bro- branch out in this content as well, launching five female lifestyle podcasts, including Chicks in the Office, Call Her Daddy, and Nardini's own Token CEO. Wow, so she even calls herself a token CEO, like a token female CEO. Yeah, I mean, call- she unleashed- if she's responsible for unleashing Call Her Daddy onto the world, and Call Her Daddy's prom- like, content is super problematic, and if you look at some of the Reddit responses to the story, there was somebody on one of the Call Her Daddy subreddits that literally likened Alex Cooper to Ghislaine Maxwell, saying that she advocates for women being treated like holes and just say, oh, you're just a hole, or that uh, you should tell guys to choke Damn, that's hot. Choke you. And how to act. To That's get what JJ Lieberman's favorite thing is. Is just when the guy turned on. Somebody calls them holes. But then the the subreddit. It's disgusting. Users are calling her out by saying this is all dangerous and toxic, irresponsible to be encouraging men to sexually abuse these women. There's like a class difference between the way that women that have privilege are treated versus like working class women. And I kind of said this a little bit uh, before about like you're not going to be able to leverage situations like this to your benefit, especially if you're not already famous or already have a following a lot of girls think like oh if i go around someone like dave or a rich and powerful man that it's going to somehow rub off on them they're going to be able to have influence but more than likely you're just going to get sexually abused and talk shit about and destroyed and that's on purpose by the way i think a lot of girls see like the kim kardashian sugar baby lifestyle on instagram and they get the impression that they're just one connection with a rich guy away from that but the problem is like really and truly even if you're trying to like quote unquote get at a rich guy you're better off trying to build your own brand as like an instagram influence yeah are you the youtube influencer or someone who actually has some kind of social leverage and an audience than trying to put yourself in a situation where this man has all the money I mean, what they're not factoring in is like women like this are a dime a dozen this isn't some you're not some rarefied all the power and he controls the entire narrative right because there's nothing these women can do all they had to do all, all their entire recourse was going and making an anonymous interview with the journalists at insider to get their story out there because they're you know from the public perspective nobody's it's all it's all his word against yours and you're nobody. So I just I really want to caution people. And I'm, I'm kind of saying oh. this because I know there's just a lot of girls. And no matter what we say, they're going to be like, right, I'm we're gonna... coming down to the home stretch. Twenty five more likes. I'll give away one more channel membership. Let's see. You should get I'm going to marry a rich guy or I want to do this. Whatever. Just understand, like, you're way better off getting enough clout and influence and money yourself so you can avoid guys like Portnoy altogether. 
Yo, I can't believe some of you are still listening to this shit, by the way. I don't know what I'm doing. And then also so that you have the support and the backing when you do encounter assholes like this to protect your reputation and not get destroyed by someone like him, either legally, mentally, emotionally, or physically. What you said there is confirmed by the last story in this article. And this is the last bit. This is the last few paragraphs. But um, this last woman that he talked to uh, in this article, inside article reads, the Instagram influencer Ava Louise recalls messaging with Portnoy in August 2017. At the time, she just turned 19 and he was 40. Again, he's got a type. Fairly legal teenagers i never reach out he texted her in august 2017 in messages viewed by insider i noticed you two weeks and was interested later he wrote i thought about you a bunch last night not at all wholesome all the time she responds i want to be famous so bad i'd be so good at it i'm a good start then he replies though she responded willingly at the time louise said she'd come to see an inherent problem willingly at the time a man in power knowing he could take advantage of a younger girl it's predatory you were taking advantage of him you wanted to be famous and you were like oh i can use this guy to be famous she says louise said it's not just a problem with david portnoy it's every man that has followers or status of any sort it's kind of terrifying in a way she says her parents were really freaked out by it when they found out she was thinking of meeting up with him and threatened to stop paying for her college if she followed through good yeah base parents thank god for her parents so she says today she's grateful for their intervention quote i probably would have let dave portnoy yeah, good parenting is important do whatever the hell he wanted to me she told insider because i'm like oh my god it's dave portnoy i'm glad i didn't have that experience a couple of things with that first of all yeah like these men are exploiting women's desire to become famous for their own sexual gain and it's not gonna work it's not gonna work that's not gonna thing. work like, yeah like you're not gonna get famous you're not like and and it's specifically this is like i want to i try to kind of well i mean his current girlfriend i don't know what's her name Sophia or something? I don't know what her name is, but people people know her. I bet she's got six six figures followers. Uh, I'm sure she's doing okay. I bet she could leave porno and explain it before, be okay. but this is a specific class issue thing. Like you're not gonna be able to Kim Kardashian your way to fame the way she is. Kim Kardashian came from, from a connected family who was already wealthy. Mother was married to an Olympic athlete. Her father was a criminal trial lawyer for the trial of the century. People like Paris Hilton, people in this kind of clout where they they become famous for like being famous and having sex tapes and doing the sugar baby thing, they they all the time already come from connection. So if you want to go this route, meaning you want to be like a sexy Instagram influencer, you are better off doing the actual work to build your brand on your own because they can't take that from you, right? And also when a guy tries to pull some bullshit like this, you don't have his entire um, army of online psychopaths stalking and harassing you because you have some people there to defend your position, right? And you also hopefully have the monetary compensation to um, do a countersuit if they try to come after you. So I just want to be like really careful for like the clout chasers out there. Everything that girl's friends did to her in that second story where they were like trying to DM Dave Portnoy and use their 19-year-old friend as bait. First of all, they're so shit. That's so shit. Your friends hate you. Like they don't like they want to get in that party so bad and they couldn't get him to pay attention to them because they're too old at 22, apparently. But that's 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 a pick me friend. You honestly don't want them in your life, period, because like you the 19 year old girl, she's the one that has to live with that. I mean, they do make a point that these friends did fuck her over. Right. She was the only one that was put there. But guys just call that taking one for the team. Everyone pressured her to go and she got nothing out of it. So if you're going to do like the clout chasing route and you want to be around these rich and famous guys, like you got to start by like, don't like straight up, just don't fuck them. Because like if you have sex with them, like you've already tanked your brand, you're better off like brick by brick trying to do the hard work to build your following and build your own influence and i mean this sincerely ladies and not me like i want to say this because i feel like people try to spin it like oh it's, it's not okay to be sexy or it's not okay to be a hot girl or whatever if take it from me it is okay to be sexy you want to be a, a instagram baddie like seriously do all that shit if you wanted to but just understand like you're up against an institution when you're nobody and you try to go up against someone like that you're just at a huge disadvantage and fucking up's not going to make you famous faster you still you will still have yes, to go will. back on your instagram and do all the work you would have had before before It'll you suck help. this old disgusting man's dick so you've gained nothing okay not <laughs> so, that's, that's rose rage that's row 
giving a pep talk to young women. Rose Rage. That's a good name for a segment. I hope they. We should do that. like a row ra- a row rants section. I would. Row love- Rage. Is it like Road Rage? Rose. Oh, Rose <laughs> Rant. Yeah. Rose Rant. Rose Rant. Like a little. Shut. We'll do. We'll, we'll work. Are they dropping the ball so hard for, on this right now? You said it. Rose Rage. Goes, no Rose Rants. Um, I wanted to talk, have a conversation more generally about rich old men need to have more sexual self-discipline. I, I know that. A, and no, they don't. A lot of men seem to have this idea that uh, one of the privileges or advantages or benefits of becoming wealthy is that they can have sex however they want with, you know, any number of like beautiful young women. Or if you go throughout history, you see this in most civilizations like the king or the sultan. Or It's crazy. Like it's like a law that exists throughout all civilizations and time and just. It's just one of those laws. Shaw or whatever often has a harem of women or a bunch of mistresses. Men are accustomed to the notion that being rich and powerful means that they're entitled to have sex with many beautiful young women, including... They're not entitled to, but that's what happens. Fucked up predatory shit, like the Marquis de Sade, for example. I am of the view, now that now that women have power and these men are... Now that we have the ability to make these men face consequences, rich, powerful men need to understand that the more rich and the more powerful they are doesn't make them more entitled to sex with beautiful young women. It actually just puts a bigger target on their back. Guys say, oh, these women are just lying about this so that they can get clout. And it's like, yeah, well, that's what happens. It's so funny to me to watch all of these men suddenly be able to articulate a bunch of nuances and coercion and victim blaming when they feel like the advantage might not be on their side. Interesting that suddenly they understand the language of rape culture. Yeah. So I'm of the view. I actually think that men being afraid of, quote, false, again, massive air quotes, false rape accusations. I think it's a good thing that men- there's no such thing as a false rape accusation against a man. That's just a fact. They're afraid of false rape accusations. I think that it's a good deterrent from engaging in coercion or violence. I think men need to be more afraid of false rape accusations. Again, if you don't want people to think you're a rapist, then don't act like a rapist. Don't target 19-year-old girl. I wonder what who 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 gets most caught up in false rape rape accusations. Would it be maybe minorities? Are you fine with that? Don't isolate them at your house. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, fucking choke them. Yeah. Fucked up, ladies. Hit them and spit in their mouth. Go off, Lilith. Thank you. Again, even though all this stuff was supposedly consensual, all of these are the patterns of behavior of a predatory, rapey man, right? So if you don't want to be called or labeled a rapist... This is all you need to know is if you ever put women like this in charge, they become absolute totalitarians. The, this type of mindset is, is where you lead to like a public beheading. Don't do the things that rapists do. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Tell the people the truth. Men have created this narrative where it's women's responsibility not to get <laughs> raped. I would like to argue that I actually think it's men's responsibility not to get accused. Yeah, but also you girls said partially what Andrew Tate said, which is that women have to take some responsibility because of that's just how it is. Here's advice for any gentleman listening in. If you don't want women to accuse you of rape, then don't subject women to violent, degrading, abusive, horrifying sex. But sometimes they're asking for it. Okay. And honestly, if a man does any of this shit, if a predatory rich old man with a reputation for preying on women, like say a woman came up to and said that Harvey Weinstein, you know, sexually assaulted her. They did. I'd be like, but okay, same thing again with Harvey Weinstein. He could have stopped meeting with Weinstein. Come on, actresses in their hotel in his hotel room after the first rape accusations. After that, I think I would, you know, ask them to visit me in a public office building. But no, right? He he keeps. I mean, he was raping them, setting up that specific situation because he's a sexual predator. So he clearly didn't actually fear any consequences. I want to point out also that a lot of men will uh, defend Dave Portnoy because they aspire to be like him one day. Again, these even though these men are poor and themselves will never be able to enjoy (laughs) the privileges of wealthy men, they still like to project themselves into his shoes or like, 
you know, think they like to think of themselves as, you know, temporarily embarrassed millionaires, where one day if they mm. ever become rich and famous, they want to have the privilege of being able to rape, you know, innocent young girls uh, and not face any consequences for it. And I think it's actually so, you know, for me to say, oh, if you're um, a rich man, you should be careful about who you sleep with and under which circumstances and not do things that could be construed as rape, even if it's supposedly consensual. A lot of guys get mad at that statement because they think that they are entitled to do that when they become wealthy. To them, the entire purpose of becoming wealthy is so that they can do those things. Nobody's becoming wealthy for that And so that when you reason. tell them, oh, if you're wealthy, you shouldn't do those things as a matter of self-protection, they're like, but I want to rape women. That's the whole point of me becoming Doesn't wealthy, happen. right? They think that that's what comes with the territory, right? And I'm like, okay, no. I think that men like that deserve to be held accountable for it. I have to say, I am living for the fact that this entire article might actually be the result of a business insider trying to tank the stock in dave portnoy's company because i am fine with outing I'm sexual predators for, for profit make an example of him honestly like i think it's even better if he loses his business because that's going to send a message to everyone around him all the other shitty rich predatory throats that we are fucking coming from for you okay Lovely. all of that rapey shit you've been yes I mean, not just yes. david portnoy but all the other rich wealthy men who think that they're hot shit who probably raped a girl 20 30 years ago i want you to know that we are fucking coming for you but what i like about this idea is like what if we what if we actually as a manner of business started to make it normalized that if your CEO or anybody in your C-suite is out here sexually assaulting people or sexually preying on people, you could be outed and that could tank your stock. That actually is a perfect... Yeah, I don't know if that worked. I think the market just went down anyways. It was just coincidental, but the stock is down, I think. System of... 40% of the last year. Leverage. So I'm totally 100% okay with the fact that Business business Insider did this, even if it comes out to be true that this was like a hit piece. Because anyway, again, there's nothing in here that... Uh, it, like when he did his rebuttal online, he doesn't even ex- explicitly refute any of the things. He doesn't deny any of this shit. He doesn't deny it. He he just hides behind that it was because consensual. It's not illegal. Shit. Yes. He doesn't deny any of it. He admits it that we that we messaged that you know that I knew her. <laughs> the idiot that would be shady if he was denying. Tried it. to say I never met her. Like he doesn't even try and do like a Prince Andrew defense where didn't know her, didn't know her. He admits it. Yeah, he's a dumbass. <laughs> he's, he's dumbass. Dumb. And he thinks he's entitled to be that way. I think that David Portnoy being crucified, I think is like the thirteen more likes. We have about perfect example for all the other shit, shitty rich scrotes that the they will take consequences Yeah, we'll tank your company, and I, I don't feel any bad about it. Yeah, we'll tank your company. And people who are innocent don't spend 10 minutes, you know, in a in a rebuttal video and they don't try and go after, was it the CEO of like Business Insider to try and bring them down? This isn't like a, you know, you've defamed me sort of thing. If it was defamation, he would have said, I'm going to get you for defamation. He didn't say anything like that. Well, it was with that and worse. It was trying to fuck with his money and def- defamation. He's not defamation if it's true. <laughs> It's true. It's not definite. And this is, and that's what his idiot followers kept saying. Like, oh, you, you, oh, you might want to get rid of that journalist because you know you could be named in a defamation suit. He's not going to sue for defamation because he will lose badly, and it will probably come out that the claims are substantiated. It's probably be more if they did the discovery process. It'd probably even been worse than what's been described here. It'll be more. There'll be even more because yeah. Well, guess what? It's a year later. And if you look at this article, to be fair to the journalist, she researched it for eight months. Now, um, like Portnoy and his idiotic cronies are saying, well, that's evidence. It's a hit piece. I was like, well, no. If it's a good article. You do need to research it. It takes time to research these articles. If you've done it for eight months, it it shows that journalism. she's at least done in-depth research. Exactly, good journalism. She's researched yeah, her sources. Imagine thinking it's a bad together. thing that someone spent eight months. Nine on an more article. likes. I know because with barstool sports it's like it's like low quality content so each article or whatever they make probably has like tops like a couple of hours of work put into it so the idea of spending months on a certain project is probably inconceivable for him and his low effort fucking content that he puts out um but the it's not a bad thing that it was well researched for eight months that's actually more proof that it's correct
That's actually but again, it's, that has nothing to do with it. They're saying it's consensual. Everybody's saying it's consensual. Some of the biggest stories, for example, look at the Theranos scandals. These stories take time to uncover. It doesn't... Nobody bring up Sam Beckman for it to me. Right it now. isn't just... But, but then again, you know, if she, she had, for example, I mean, like FDS, like we're not a stranger to hit pieces from like Vice and the like. But if she had, say, taken a month to do it, they would be saying, well, she didn't do her research properly. So this isn't... They're not concerned about the length of time it took. Dave Portnoy is just freaking out because it is a damning article. That's why he's freaking out. As a society, we need to flip the script on rapists. I'm at the point yes, where it's like... Yes, we do. If a so-called false rape accusation comes out, my brain just goes... You know, what did you do to make her accuse you of rape? Why were you alone together? Why were you choking her? Why were you uh, spitting in her mouth? Why were you isolating her? You should have known better. It's your fault for putting yourself in this situation. And so I think if men don't want to be, again, air quotes, falsely accused of rape, um, then they shouldn't put themselves in situations where they could be falsely accused of rape. Whoa, that is fucked up that you even say that out loud. It's going to make their penis mad because they want to... They want to rape. <laughs> no, you know, and they don't want to face any consequences. Guys for do it. not want to um, rape. But yeah, I, I, I feel zero sympathy for them. These men need to be afraid of "quote unquote" false rape accusations. And you know you fucked up when That's even crazy. the subreddit is calling you out on your bullshit. Imagine That's actually wild. being so degenerate Sagna. that redditor to your men can't defend you. He's even being called out on the barstool subreddit. It's being suggested to him repeatedly that his behavior for a middle-aged man, especially a middle-aged man of great wealth, is at best irresponsible, if not downright criminal. Yeah, so ditto to what you just said, Elizabeth. Even the shitty dudes on Reddit can't defend this. I keep seeing this narrative that false rape accusations weaken the legitimacy of real rape accusations. And I just think that's blatantly untrue. Even if 100% of rape accusations were correct, men would still accuse women of lying because first of all, they're rapists. They don't want to face consequences for their actions. And also because of misogyny. You know, the reason why men accuse women of lying when they report rape isn't because other women have lied about it in the past. It's because... They don't want to face consequences of their action. All right. So that's our show. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so low value mail. Don't be check out their Patreon. All right. We banged out four episodes technically. That was fucked up that she doesn't care about. Not that I'm surprised at all that they don't care about the fake rape accusations. Uh, but that's been the show, the stream, all that stuff. If you enjoyed it, shout out to the new uh, people who won memberships by the way i don't pick the memberships youtube automatically picks them and again even though we didn't hit 200 we got 197 close enough but i don't pick them i can't decide who gets them so just keep chatting i think that's how they give them out as people who are like active in the chats uh thank you for joining the stream tomorrow night we have a new episode of low value mail uh at nine o'clock as always and then wednesday we have a new episode of the bathhouse last week was the funniest episode by far of the bathhouse it honestly killed me. It was so funny uh, with with a bunch of the Irish boys and a bunch of other comics. But anyways, we'll be back Wednesday, tomorrow, Tuesday. Support the show, patreon.com slash lowvaluemail. Um, or you can find me on Locals, lowvaluemail.locals.com if that's your thing. Or here. Okay, that's been it. And I have an exciting, I have a new outro. I, the, I'm unveiling the official outro of everybody who supports the show is going to be in the credits uh, with music by our boy Chad, Mr. Chad. It's been the show. See some of you tomorrow. See some of you Wednesday. I'll see you all soon. Have a good night. I'm raising my stock, not talking my feet in some Birkin. Number Johnny Five got a fucking short circuit. Bring the track to life when I speak phenomenal. When I hit, she feel that shit in her abdominals. These rappers make me laugh like comic view, they comic me. You know I got a ball out, I hit the track running just like Sonic do. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah, they was trying to get me on my.
my hype shit. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. They tried to down me up some KO type shit. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. Now we pulling up fresh on some flight shit. Ah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. They was trying to get me on my hype shit. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. Then they tried to down me up some KO type shit. Yeah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. I'm pulling up fresh on some.